welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. My name is Ryan. And I am the one who wanders and is lost. Uh, I'm a normal person. My name is Josh. I'm a less normal, but more normal than what Hunter said. My name is uh, person. My name is Christian Sorrell. Wonderful. And um, this this thing messed up, but I'm going to keep going. So um, tonight, this is SideQuest episode five. I told you I was fucking up. Hey, this is normal for us. For all you out here, welcome. Um, this is side quest episode five. We haven't done a side quest in a while. Uh, so what the fuck is a side quest? So uh, we're normally a review show. Um, and what we decided to do uh, with a lot of the games, well, I'll, with five of the games we played, is to play them here on the show. And uh, with a with a um, eye towards kind of teaching the game a little bit in the hopes that if people listen to the review where we pretty much walk through the entire game and all the game's mechanics and then watch us actually uh, bumble through them, uh, they will at least have a, a, a general understanding of how to play the game. Uh, so as I said, this is episode five. We're going to be doing Cloud Empress. Um, and I can tell you the exact episode where we reviewed it because it was literally yesterday. Uh, so it hasn't even been published yet. Um, so if you're watching this, uh, watch the one right before it. I think it's episode uh, 131, probably. Um, so Cloud Empress. Christian, what is Cloud Empress? Yes, Cloud Empress is calls itself an ecological science fantasy RPG by worlds by what uh and it is i would say the easiest shorthand to get most people in sort of the correct mindset of the type of game it is is that it's a little um it's like a little parts dune a little sort of like the first like star wars a new hope um it's a little uh what's the word the miyazaki film <laughs> that's the, that's the big one Nausicaa. Nausicaa valley of the wind um, that sort of think almost so far futuristic as to be almost slightly regressed a little, like, like the technology is advanced, but also people are living a little bit more pastoral, a little more simple rudimentary lives in that way. And yeah, it takes place on a sort of distant far future earth, uh, where now earth is sort of the psychic center of the universe from all the people that have lived and died here and it's sort of a post post apocalypse type setting you know that's all there but so far in the background that nothing from our modern time is is likely to ever uh come up and um yeah it's a world of sky cities and nobles and then farmerlings and sort of commoner folks that live down on the sort of wasteland varied wasteland portions of the planet and then the big thing specifically for this version of Cloud Empress, which is like sort of the first version, is it takes place during the summer of the Century Brood, which is where the Amago, there are sort of these massive cicadas that feed off of chalk, which is sort of this psychic magic-infused substance that just by living in on the planet, people take in over time and it deposits in their bones. Amago feed off of that and in turn die and redeposit it into the ecosystem. So these sort of massive cicadas are starting to split up and go out and hunt various sources of chalk, whether that be an artificial one, like a chalk engine on a ship, or that be the bones of a corpse. Um, so just having someone die can be 
dangerous if that body is left unattended for long enough. Um, and yeah, the, you know, there's a lot more to it, but we can see, I think the rest come out uh, as we go in terms of the, the setting itself, but that's kind of the, the vibe you're looking at. And specifically the summer portion, this sort of summer season is one of migration and change. It's where people leave after the long winter in the sky cities and come down to the surface. It's when farmers from the surface maybe come back from their winter, sit out on their homesteads and come into town to buy and trade and stock up and have children and all those kind of things you don't want to do during the danger of the winter. Um, so it's very common for parties to come together, whether planned or sort of ramshackle uh, to come together and travel the area at this time. And that's kind of the specific period within the setting, even that cloud empress is set. Um, but yeah, we'll run through the system. I mean, some of it's going to come out during play. I don't want to like bore too many people too much with system specifically. I will say it's a percentile based system. If, someone is familiar with mothership it is built on the sort of core bones of mothership but it's an entirely standalone game if you were to pick it up and it does deviate from mothership in some pretty substantial ways but anyone who's played mothership would read this and be like cool these are the the tweaks let's go um but yeah that's the big thing is you're going to make there are checks there are saves just like lots of rpgs but you're always going to be rolling uh, D100 and trying to roll under whatever your stat or save is in that. Um, the big carryover sort of from that mothership is it has a stress and panic system where doing certain actions are going to build stress and certain like being exposed to certain parts of the world. And then there might be times that I will call for someone to make a panic check. That's going to see if your character is sort of resilient and can stay in their course of action in the face of this, or if they're going to break from that and twist. Uh, you know, off in an unpredicted direction. And yeah, I mean, anything else we want to hit right now? Or do we want to kind of move into the character creation portion? No, that's it. Yeah, just uh, it's a good game. Go buy it. I, I finally found my oops, had my address in my box set that we got that I was trying to find for the episode yesterday. Uh, so I have my physical player aid right here with me. But yeah, we can jump into uh, we all made our characters already, right? We did. Yeah. So we already made characters just to uh, save all of you out there time, but I will run through it really quick just so you kind of have an idea of what we could have picked from and this sort of breadth of options there. So when you make a character, it's pretty simple. You're going to roll to determine your stats. The stats are mind, which is pretty much what you'd think. Things like intelligence, things like that. It's also used to spellcast, if I'm correct. Um, or it's hard to use to spell cast. That's the thing I should double check. I think it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yes, you're correct. Um, so mine is what you think, sort of that general intelligence. Heart is used for, oh, here, actually, I remember why I was confused. Spell casting, innate spell casting, if you are a magician, which one of the classes uses heart, using a crest, which is sort of like artificial magic, something an ability has that uses a mind check. That's why I was confused. Um, but yes, the four stats are mind, heart, strength, and speed that are fairly self-explanatory other than that, that magic breakdown that I did, you know. Uh, then you're going to have your saves, which are going to be reality, fear, and body. Um, body saves are going to be like a traditional sort of constitution, you trying to avoid physically having something take hold of you. Fear is if you are going to be afraid and run away. And then reality is when you're coming to terms with some thing that even within this setting as strange as it may be as a character that's you know grown up in that 
something that even then is maybe well outside of the realm of your normal understanding. Uh, from there, you roll age, which is uh, a differentiation from mothership as well. And those there's teenage, full-grown, and old. And those kind of shift your stats slightly one way or the other. Like you maybe get more heart, but you're, you lose some mind. And then there's also body hopper, which is in addition to an age, like almost a completely different type of being in the space. They are sort of like centuries old, maybe even ancient people that have through magic, through body transfer spells, continually jumped from body to body over time. So the body they are in now is not the body they were born into. And they sort of have a, a separation between that. Like there's sort of like a ghoul from fallout, but also if the, they're, per, you know, the, who they are internally is entirely separate from that body that they are in now. Uh, and then you have your jobs, which the jobs are classes in this case. So we have the cell sword, the lordling, the magician, and the courier are the four options which you would pick. From there, you get sort of, um, you know, some stat bonuses and, and innate skills from that point. Um, the cell sword is kind of what you think, very much like guard, mercenary, hired, martial help on the road. Uh, lordlings are sort of the not, you know, anyone outside, anyone from like a royal family outside of that firstborn son role typically it's like you are not chosen to be the one who continues to lead your house you are within your family secondary or unnecessary or almost an outcast in that way so that's typically why we see them as characters is because they go well if daddy won't let me run the, the sky city i'm going to go off and find my own way uh magicians are the spellcasters here um the biggest thing with magicians is spell casting and magic is very costly in cloud empress in this setting um it will always take something from you even if you do it as you succeed you know as well as you can in it so because of that there are no old magicians you cannot be old and be a magician and if you are a magician of any regular spell casting you will probably uh lose yourself one way or the other in the process of doing that and then the last is courier which is kind of the general workman work person of this surface you know this is a a setting and uh time when like things are very important there's not really money in this setting everything is sort of trade and barter and resources are very important from a survival standpoint so the couriers are the lifeblood of that system they're the ones who are bringing things from the sky cities down to the cities going out to farmsteads to deliver things to pick up things to whatever that is the courier um and yeah, there's a number of skills. Skills in Cloud Empress grant you advantage on the roll if you have a relevant skill. And then from there, there's some backgrounds and gear you roll, pick a name, pick an alias, and then you're done for character creation. But uh, once again, let me know if there's anything I'm missing. That sounds great. I think that's... I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chill. Don't have like a Cloud Empress script, so I'm just going off the dome. Hey, you um, are a uh, your your name's in the book, you know. Your name is in the book. Yeah. Yes, full disclosure, my name is in the book. I did a small amount of game development work um, with Watt on this. Uh, 
but I would stress the small amount of worst part. Hey, um, hey the name's in the book, book, buddy. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter what the amount was. I'm, I'm not disputing that. <laughs> name is hey, in listen, the book. even if it's only a thousand pages or a thousand words in a small section, it matters, you know. <laughs> but uh, yes, so that is the sort of setup for characters. So why don't we go around and. Um, Having talked through that character creation, why don't we have everyone sort of introduce their character and then we'll sort of decide on why you are all together in the way that you are since we're doing a one shot in this scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll go first um, because I've already made my character on stream. I'm playing when if you watch our episode from yesterday, I'm playing the same guy. I'm uh, I'm Sven. Uh, he's an old man. Uh, Sven the punk. You know, uh, he's a courier. Um, and, and, you know, he's kind of a roughed up guy. He's seen a lot. He's missing a lot of teeth, which is why he's no longer a magician, uh, which he was in his youth. I mean, now uh, after his travels as a magician, he's very uh, knowledgeable about the world. Uh, and so he uses that knowledge to kind of like run missions as a courier, get around the world with his experience. I should say that he's like pale like huge bags under his eyes. Um, and I'm wearing living humming armor. Um, so if you get real close to him, you can hear kind of a from his armor. So it's not radiation or anything. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Ryan. Yeah. So uh, I'm playing Thorn, uh, the fearless, uh, this full grown gentleman. Um, I will say one thing I love about the character creation, like I completely rolled this guy up and it's dope. Uh, so it's fun. Um, and the reason you can't watch the episode uh, from yesterday is I forgot. I had six <laughs> hours to do it before stream and uh, I just forgot. So, uh, but yeah, so that's me, uh, Thorn. Um, uh, one of the things I love about the character creation too is like you get a background, like what were you doing before this? So I was chasing off Mago from a breadbasket farmstead. That's where I was prior to this. Um, and I come with uh, full armor, which makes sense. I was fighting a MAGA. Um, and it is adorned with farmerling markings, uh, polka dots, stripes, or flowers. Uh, we're going flowers for sure. Um, I also uh, I have a military rifle over my shoulder and a yellow sash that says the Order of the Broken Bread on it. Um, oh, yeah. Are you an OBB member? I mean, if I got a sash, I got a sash. You know, that's okay. my thought. Yeah. Um, so I also have traditional braided hair. Um, what is the traditional braided hair? Do we think for a, for a gentleman uh, sellsword? I, I think it's going to be like Anakin Skywalker's. Uh, There's no uh, part of the, Anakin yeah, Skywalker that I want. No, the, Padawan. Yeah, the Padawan. Yeah, Padawan. Nah. Nah. I we'll think. Go. I think for for our sake of this, I think that that's up to you. You know, that could be what. Yeah. Probably depends on the specific look of the character. I mean, it could just be like he's got long hair and a French braid kind of a thing, or the you know, like over yeah, the shoulder I think braid. the Viking French braid kind of situation yeah. where we're at. Shaved on the sides and everything. I, I dig that. Um, and I got two ears of corn with me. Um, and uh, yeah, um, as part of my skills. So I, I got to take firearms or blades 
and I was going to go blades, but then I rolled and got a gun. So I was like, well, I guess I'll take firearms um, and I get street savvy. But my other two, I figured he's probably if he's a member of the OBB, you know, and is protecting the farmland, has farmland armor, probably knows how to do some farm work. So I, I get the sense that maybe he was a farmland, grew up on the farm, became a sellsword learned how to do what he does went back to the farmlings and has been kind of protecting them so that's my general background and that's why i have like the armor and the obb sash and all that um so that's that was one of my other skills i took farm work so i know i know the value of a hard day's work and that is thorn cool. the fearless awesome and then josh all right uh today i'll be playing a cloud this is uh she her a teenage girl a cloud is a magician and the magicians as we talked about there are the the miracle workers of the lowland wastes uh, they consume chalk and sacrifice their bodies in order to cast spells uh, cloud in particular um was traveling the countryside with a former companion before a encounter sort of split us off um and that's where i came to find this group i'm attempting to find my traveling companion once again but in the interim joining a little bit of an adventuring party for protection. Um, now, Cloud, as I said, she's teenage, but is wearing mostly a traveling cloak that covers kind of her hair and a good portion of her body. The one thing that is very noticeable about her is the horn that protrudes from her forehead. Which does, yeah, stand out in most crowds, even within the Cloud Empress uh, milieu. Um, yeah, so I think we can kind of walk through how um, the party has come together. Uh, hearing, Ryan, your sort of setup for your character, I would say this adventure, the adventure we're going to be playing um, today, by the way, is one, it's The Seed Vault um, by Samantha Lee. It was actually came as part of the sort of year one bundle of adventures that was part of the Cloud Empress Kickstarter. And I think is either is or is about to be available through like Drive-Thru RPG and things like that. Um, but a cool thing about all those adventures that came with that um, initial Kickstarter bundle book is that they can all be placed within the hex crawl from the land of cicadas, which is sort of like the setting book um, that came with Cloud Empress as well. So the one we are specifically playing is actually in sort of the southern portion of the breadbasket, which is sort of a subregion within the lowland waste. So it's actually kind of right in your neck of the woods, Thorn, um, like where we are there. So I think, and Feel free the rest of you to decide on that, but it sounds almost like you're kind of this a little bit more connected into the space, maybe like low level folk hero type character. Like, you know, you kind of came, you came from this growing up, you went into being this like protective force here, and now you're traveling on your own again. Um, but however you all want to decide, that's what, that's what, those are just the character attachments I could think of to specifically the region we're in is, is this, but you all have all just basically heard rumor of, this ancient vault that is said to contain all manner of seeds that could bring prosperity and, you know, be valuable, both like rare things and things that could lead to feeding lots of people in new ways across the wastes um, in this vault. And you are sort of following up on those rumors and seeing if there's any truth to them. But how, how do we want to say, what do we want to say brought you together or how you are all, uh, you know, why you're traveling the, the way you are together now? Well, I, I definitely like the idea of like, sh like shonen protagonist as like a 12 year old or whatever. That's like, I'm going to, I'm going to 
get more power and protect my family and yeah, you, know, you know that whole bullshit on the swing um and left and came back um and uh, definitely like that kind of like I don't know necessarily folk hero but like people were like oh just some kid or whatever but he came back actually knew what he was doing and like has helped you know protect and rally the peoples a bit more and definitely like I'm a sell sword so I'll mm-hmm. definitely go do the work or whatever so I don't know if I maybe in the times where maybe the farmstead was a little bit more calm and I went and sold my services I might have run into you know Sven or Cloud or whatever or if the courier was like coming through and happened to like be in the town when something happened and we all had to group together or something like that i feel like maybe we've run into each other in your travels because i've just been traveling for so long Mm -hmm. um and we've just run into each other again and and you've recruited my help and i've like reluctantly uh yeah yeah i'll come i I can't do a lot but i'll come with you well yeah and thorn i would say you know i would say to you thorn too this has been like being from this region and being fairly close to where this was found, you know that like a group of farmerlings supposedly came upon this and is sort of overseeing it or almost like protecting it as if to make sure that it isn't something that gets like raided and just stripped without any sort of oversight. Um, so I would say it's probably something that is important. It sounds like to your character, just from like a, you're invested in the farmerlings and the the breadbasket so it might be that kind of thing too that it could be like i'm gonna go there and check this out and then it could be like sven's there and is like hey i'm heading that way anyway that sounds interesting but then the cloud how, how what wrapped you in like you said is it a matter of just sort of happenstance crossing of paths you're like i don't have a companion now and i don't want to travel alone um uh, i think of- this is a classic kid teenager tale where i've just latched on to the first person that seems capable and i'm kind of dogging along with them uh for lack of better option okay yeah the go ahead teenage girl just latches on with like the old man and the middle-aged man and we're just like cool that works yeah the strange teenager that appeared and you're like well she's not hurting anyone uh sure (laughs) You can come with. Nice horn. I'm not self-conscious right. about it or anything. Don't worry. Um, oh. Huh. Well, the bread basket's definitely Southern. I'm telling you that now. Uh... All right. Well, that sounds like a good uh, traveling party reason as any. Um, I, I mean, I even think just from reading sort of about this time in the lowland waste i just think it's it's almost like there's that spirit of sort of travel and migration in everyone like like it wouldn't be that unreasonable like you're especially not going to be like hey kid get lost because i don't think this is the first time any of you have just had an an unexpected companion for the summer yeah it's just it's that kind of time um among the waste but uh yeah, we'll we'll kick right into it. Is there anything else we want to hit into before we get get going? No, I mean it totally makes sense. Like, I mean, I just picked up Sven the courier, kind of whatever. It might be just like a, a a good happenstance of Sven coming into town, and I was like, hey, we've crossed paths a couple of times. If Cloud has let it be known that she is a magician, um, maybe we don't have one in town. It'd be nice to bring magic with us to aid potentially in the protection of the vault. So it, it all makes sense kind of as kind of just like a, 
a good meeting of the, you know, samurai champloos or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. That that's us. Okay. Well, yeah, that's where we'll, so we'll kind of just jump right into it for um, time's sake. The, like I mentioned, the thing that is cool is that this is, there is like, this adventure has a location on the hex crawl. So you could, we could be playing a much more long-term open player-driven campaign. And this could be something you hear about and just choose to travel to. For our sake today, we're just going to pick up that you all have arrived in this location in sort of the Southern breadbasket. Um after probably leaving from Tack Town or one of the smaller villages, sort of Tack Town's the one big sort of city. Even then, it's sort of a large town, but city in quotes of uh, of the way. So you traveled, you know, a day or two to get out here and do so safely. Um, and what you've come to find is, you know, all along the way, you probably passed another handful of of people traveling a little before you or you were overpassing, you know, they were traveling faster than you were that you passed over who were following the same rumor that they had heard this, just a massive vault with ancient grains, juicy vegetables, medicinal roots. And especially on that way, you would have passed a few group, small groups of um, people that are suffering from something called the molting, which is this sort of unusual disease that is spreading across parts of the waist where once you get it you start to your skin starts to molt over time like your fingernails will be gone in a month or so and it's never there's never been a report of anyone surviving more than three summers once they have it mm. and we should have triggered few- warning the stream by the way <laughs> uh hey yeah uh skin horror uh so Yes. Yeah. I'll say that generally now, actually, that's a good call out to say that. Yeah. Bugs. I did mention the giant cicada. So Imago is what they're called, but yeah, bugs, um, there's different sort of chronic illness, skin disease and body horror, sort of the general content warnings for this adventure. Um, and yeah, the molting is part of that. So you see these sort of, um, people in various stages of that, whether that be like someone who has just recently contracted this and is like, I'm trying to get out there. It's not really known. Um, you know, how it is spread, but there are rumors because it puts people in such desperate situations of this ancient tea that cured it in the old days. And it's believed that hopefully this place would contain some seeds to grow that plant that has long since gone extinct so that these people could be healed. So that's almost like a pilgrimage to save themselves. These people are on, um, then you, you pass, you know, a few, a few groups of, uh, of them, but, um, other than that, it's, it's surprisingly nice time. The summer always feels very refreshing after the, either a winter on this, the cold winters on the sky cities, or, you know, stuck inside a cabin or inside the confines of a place like tech town. So it's nice just to be out and about and to have, you know, passersby to discuss. And there's sort of an, an excited buzz in the air. I think generally from this, it's rare that the farmerlings get, a beacon of hope like this. Um, and it's still in that early buzz period of no, there's no reality to it yet for most people other than maybe the people who are there, you know, so they, it's all good news right now. You're in the first week of, of this rumor going out. Um, and yeah, you, you do eventually arrive, uh, at this vault. It's sort of a large, um, you know, it's just built into like a hill. It's like almost like a sort of slightly hidden 
door built underground that has gone mostly unseen and unnoticed for a long time due to the, um, you know, I think due to the unearthing, lots of changes to the environment from the Imago, because like real cicadas, right? They go underground and gestate for like a certain amount of time, like grow, and then they come out. So the landscape has been changing a lot this summer from that. And uh, that's part of it. So as you all approach, you see that the the entrance here to the vault is built underground. It's only visible through this heavy front door that is covered in scorch marks. And the front door um, is like a different material. You said it was like built into them, but it's like it's like a metal door and like a rock face. Yes. Yeah, it is not like an uh, it's not a natural door. It is a yeah, clearly an artificial door in a stop in a in a very like ancient, like what we would think of as being like futuristic, but is is ancient looking by Cloud Empress standards. Because Cloud Empress has almost that Star Wars like analog, but advanced, but sort yeah. of you know rough and tumble <laughs> mechanical yeah feel to it so this would look like a like a sort of more futuristic style door to us um and even just from the outside as you all approach you can see yeah these small smatterings of groups that have all of farmerlings that have all sort of come to see what is the happening see if the rumors are true see if they can get some of these seeds for their farm see if there's a way for them to get an edge ahead into the next season to see if there's something of value you know and it, most of these people look like just sort of interested. Um, you don't necessarily see like it's not being raided, I guess is what I'd say. Not now, at least, um, as these people are sort of all standing outside and milling about. Um, what would you like to do? There are like one or two, I will say that I mentioned there's sort of one or two like guards, but you know, this isn't like official military. Everything here has that everything on the surface here has like that homegrown feel. This is, it's like two of the, you know, two of the, the, the good old boys from the farm uh, that are there with weapons just to make sure no one tries to raid the place, but it's not like, it's not like police, I guess is what I would say. Um, but yeah. What would you like to do? So cloud's been kind of walking the shadow of thorn for most of this trek so far, the closer you get, she kind of pipes up with, um, what do we even hope to do here? We're we're week late. Is there even going to be anything left? Why why are we doing this? I mean, we're not any weaker than the farmers. That's that's it now. That's the voice now. So <laughs> that voice, All the right. mumble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you sweet heart. Now, uh, dear, uh, might be a weakling, but uh, you know. I, I protect these parts, and I think that we should figure out whether this is a threat or an asset, and either way, either eliminate or or uh, uh, figure out a way to have it benefit all of us. Uh, do I recognize the good old boys at the, the thing? Because I feel like if, if it's in an area where I'm at, I probably know a lot of people if, if that is kind of what I've become, this kind of like known figure in this area yeah i th i think being in being from the general neighborhood and as you approach to you can overhear like these you know maybe two dozen or so other farming like farmerlings that are kind of like camped out outside waiting you know it's sort of equal parts like rubber necker like people who just kind of want to look i just want to see what's going on this is exciting and people who may be interested in 
um, trying to get something out of the vault. But you, you definitely overhear that a lot of people here have been talking with Rake, which I think would be a person that you know um, in the space. Rake is like definitely a sort of locally, I guess I would say Rake is the, is the folk hero. If you're maybe working towards that uh, thorn, Rake is that. So the kind of person who doesn't, she's the kind of person who doesn't, uh, has never really like looked for being in charge, but always seems to get put in charge. This is how I would describe what you, what you would know, but you would know that she is a, um, can be very stubborn, but is very good natured, good of heart has, has the farm has farmerlings in a larger sense best interest in heart when you have interacted with her in the past. But I don't and think you like, would... you're not like friends, but you're like acquaintances. Like we, we, we know of each other. We've protected or, you know, done whatever. And this is, uh, yeah. this would be, and these would be, these guards would be, would be, yeah. Like are just kind of like members of Rake's sort of posse. And that is this 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 person right here, correct? It's the f the first picture, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so sort of some like a mago chitin armor, glasses, um, real, yeah. I mean, everything very sort of, you know, handmade, fixed and refixed, that kind of thing. But you don't see Rake out here, but you hear people talking about Rake, and it's kind of like, oh, of course, this would probably be her operation. Mm. Yeah, I mean, could be good, could be bad. Hey, uh, wow! Let's so wait here, fan, for a second. Um, and I'm gonna, I wanna walk over to, uh, walk over to the guards or whoever I hear talking about Rake or whatever, or someone that I, anyone that I recognize, like anyone that could establish my presence here as well. You know, what I mean, they're like, oh, there's Thorn or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Um, uh, but but meander my way towards the guards and just, you know. If I know them or have seen them, whatever, just do the whole like, hey, uh, how, how y'all doing today? Yeah, you get like the nod from one of the guys that you think, you know, it's like it's that like you both recognize each other. They probably don't remember your name kind of a thing. But like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they've seen you around once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Thorn. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Uh, how's it going? Uh, this is a big, exciting, uh, big, exciting discovery. Uh, yeah. Did you come to see what it was all about? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you got to, right? I mean, I guess... Uh, uh, clearly, we got an audience out here. We got to start charging you know, admission. You should. And uh, I hear a couple of them talking about Rake. Uh, is she happen to be here? Yeah, Rake's inside. Just make sure if you go in, you know, don't... We're just trying to make sure no... I mean, obviously, we don't want anyone taking anything out of here before we even know what's here, but... Uh, you know, it's an old place, like an old building facility. So, you know, just be careful walking around in there, but I mean, you'll see more of the crew in there, but yeah, you can, you can definitely go meet with her. Yeah. 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 I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all know me or of me, you know, that, you know, y'all aren't, we got to stick together and do what's best for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the other guy is like, Hmm. Hmm. Grunts. Mm. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just I, want you to know you call out and Sin just looks over. What? Who wants us to come? One. We. Oh uh, yeah. We we gotta go. We. Yeah, let's go. 
So are you now just like that one guy from like the like water? Well, the water boy who just like speaks in so Louisiana that you can't understand. I just remember he has very few teeth and he's Uh, very he's very incredibly old. So gotcha. Gotcha. I just need to stress he's barely hanging on. (laughs) His hands are real gnarled and if he can help it, he'll get one of you to help him do with things. And like he's not Mm -hmm. big on like using his hands to do stuff, you know? He's the kind of guy who's like, he'll have you pop open a thing, and he'll stand over, and be like, now put the thing, and now connect the red, and then into the yellow, and you know, he's that guy. Got the experience, but now I'm putting in yeah. the work these days, yeah. All right, so Cloud grabs uh, Sven's hand, just does the drag. No, the moment you go for Sven's hand, he pulls his hand, and he's like, oh, go on, child, follow. But does start following. It sounds yeah, it like. does start following. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, you you come over and are able to go in. Um, so inside the the lobby here, um, it's a high domed ceiling. Uh, you know, you sort of several other members of Rake's crew in here as well. But scattered throughout this lobby, there are low tables, plush but very like rotted out and sort of emaciated. I guess isn't the right word for an inanimate object, but that feel, you know, very sort of dried out and crumbled um, with aged chairs. Um, there's a welcome desk, uh, sort of right in front as you walk in that has a, that's marked staff only. Um, and then around the room generally are just a bunch of faded works of art, very dry. Once again, like ancient, you know, crumblingly ancient looking relics of plants that were in these pots and glass cases with a bunch of dried flowers under them and glass These thick layers of dust sort of recently you know, hand marks and fingerprints in this dust, um, all on top of these. But the biggest thing, um, sort of as you come in just to the right of like the far across the room, um, where it seems to be like a hall that leads farther, further into the vault, you see this big portrait, um, that depicts a person holding a wreath, uh, shoulder length hair with shoulder length hair flowing in the breeze. It's a very sort of like I don't know what, like Gothic, I guess I would say style portrait. Um, and they have a, their right arm is a mechanical arm with long pointed fingers. Uh, and their left hand is sort of covered in rings. And as you're milling about the room, there's a plaque at the bottom of that, um, as well. I'll just give you the description now that that reads Caspian, the collector. Uh, Yeah. Like I said, huh? Huh? Like a real asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. There, there are a few of Rake's crew kind of like sitting there playing cards on these like crumbling old chairs, and you hear you say that. Uh, they hear you say that, Sven, and are like, "Yeah, get a load of that guy, right? It must have been nice having a place like this." I mean, heck, look at that arm. My buddy lost his arm. He didn't get an arm. He didn't get anything that nice. Whew, I know, bro. The the group playing cards looks. They have that like they've been here for days and are desperate for any, uh, you know, sort of momentary distraction kind of thing. So they're they're more than happy to to give a talk or two to you as well. Hmm. Hey y'all. What what y'all know about this spot? They're like, I mean, 
I guess only a little more than you. There's a big room in there. Uh, you know, most people hands off, but just full of seeds. Like, I mean, stuff that, you know, we're used to out here at the farms, but other stuff I've, I've never heard of. Some people here say they've heard old stories about them, but you know, I mean, a lot of exciting stuff. But other than that, it's just a lot of kind of old, well, like this, and he points at the chair, like, I'm sure it was nice one day, but it's just kind of old and worn down now, but it's an odd place. You know, we've been here long enough that there's kind of like weird sounds and creaks and you know, weird stuff's going on. You know, mm. I don't know if I'm one for, well, I don't know if I'm one for ghosts and whatnot, but it's certainly, you know, some weird stuff's going on. Mm. Mm. So there's just a pile of seeds in there. Oh, well, it's like a library or something. It's like a, um, well, you know, you're just a, it's like a collection, like a collection. <laughs> I know what a library is. <laughs> I'm extremely well read. <laughs> Got a lot of time they to read on the farm. A library is for sure. <laughs> but yeah, he kind of describes it as this like tiered collection. Like it's, it's a, you know, a, a well-documented, well-preserved thing um, is, is what has kind of laid within. Well, I look at cloud room. and I look at the direction which is indicating and I'm like. Yeah. When we went in, I kind of got absorbed in the painting. Like when you guys, you guys realize that I'm just like, kind of like hands on my hips, kind of just really inspecting this picture. It's interesting to me. Huh? Well, yeah, sure, someone can take it with you if you want. What? Uh, well, uh, where's that? I said, we can take it with you. No, no, it's all right. I just, it's, uh, it's a big painting. It's fucking, you maybe could take it with painting. you, but it's very, I'll fold it up. maybe I'll, maybe on the way out. How about that? So my, um, so the, the people watching the stream, this art that is used right here, right? The cover for seed vault. Yes, uh, is yes, is painting. in fact that portrait. Cool. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Dope. It is a dope um, art, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and I would say the the thing um as you were there, Thorn sort of absorbed by this, like taken by it, whether by its beauty or some aspect of it or just the strangeness of it in comparison to the whole journey you've just been on. The thing that you feel that you kind of notice as you're like, you know, you get almost that tunnel vision, like the the background noise kind of quiets out of your head as you're looking at it is you notice like a a hum like a quiet hum almost like a shifting or like like a tremor is almost even too strong a word like a a shift in the earth below like a mechanism like falling into place or Like, uh, you know, I would say to you, like Thorne, you know, it, it's almost like, it's like when something, when like a machine is on or something falls in like a downstairs apartment from you, you know, like you can, you can just barely feel it through the floor of your feet. This sort of like a hum of something that wasn't there a moment before. And then just sort of like a slight shift but only really because you're in this sort of reverie of like looking and doing that. Do you even take it in there? Everyone else is sort of in the middle of this talking, excited with the group and, and doesn't, and misses them. Gotcha. Hmm. 
also across the room is um, someone else talking very excitedly to another group of um, Rake's crew. This is a um, sort of shorter, thinner, um, you know, like young man, I guess I would say, in like traveling sort of cloak and hood, um, who's sort of having a very similar conversation to the ones that the, the one that you are all having with this group having like, so like, like that's what's in there. And like, can just anybody, I assume just not everybody can get in. Right. That's why you guys have like the, you got the guns and everything. And they're like, Oh yeah, no, we can't let everybody in. So it's a very similar conversation, but he is very intense and excited. Um, you know, excitedly talking to them in that manner of just like, wow, this is really exciting times for, you know, for us farmerlings. That this kid? Yeah. All right. Uh, do I, I mean, I break my reverie, Sven's mumbling. Uh, if I, if we recognize, if we see this kid, do I recognize him at all? You definitely don't. Um, and when he says us farmerlings, you kind of go and give him a read once over. And he is definitely not born and raised on the surface. Um, you, you know, he might think he's fitting in, but anyone of any real experience wouldn't, I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say probably all of you, but especially, Spence especially like you Thorn and cloud, maybe even you would probably be like, I know. I don't think so. Like he, he looks like he's probably someone who was, um, raised in this, in this city. He's, he's a cloudling of some sort, essentially. Um, who is, is down and you, you would guess recent, like there's certainly people, you know, this isn't like a, it's not a bifurcated society. It's not like there's no crossover migration from one to the other. Um, but, uh, he seems like recent he's like, it's not, you know, he seems like he put on his farmerling clothes. He's fresh off the barge. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I look at he has a, he has a like, faded jeans, you know. Yeah, he has a he has a surprisingly sort of like a like a refined air. The big thing, big thing here is that like just from any moderate distance, being halfway across the room, you could just like look at like his hands, mm. right, and no soft hands, brother. You fancy, huh? I look um, at I look at Thorn, and I look at him. I squint, and I look at the kid. And I look at and I look at the kid, and I just stare, just like. What do you say about farmland? I mean, I'll tell you right now, they ain't no fucking farmer lane. That boy born in the clouds and soft hands. Yeah, and you hear him talking again to the to the guards, just being like, "So, like, what? I mean, obviously, a lot of people are gonna want into the vault and see and everything, but like, what? Is it, you know, is Rick taking favors? Like, is there anything? Like, what can I do just to try to get in there? I'm just." I mean, it's just exciting to think what all's in there, but I'd love just like one or two C's. If it's a whole vault, they got to be able to spare one or two for like each of us, right? And kind of looking around and the guy's like, well, you know, Rake's still hearing from a lot of folks. So uh, you know, be pretty hard pressed, I think, to get yourself in there anytime soon. Um, that kind of thing. What would you like to do? I'm just going to talk over him at some point and be like, hey, so... Uh... So, so where's Rake at? Uh, oh yeah, the crew like sits up, uh, you know, seeing your like sash and they, for like 
for a moment, there's a flash of like, oh, oh, we're being outranked or, or something <laughs> like that. And then yeah. they're like, you know, I think uh, it's like, oh, okay, you're not like, you're not part of their band, although you see, clearly seem official. But they, right. um, yeah, they go, oh, uh, Rake's in the, the office. It's just right there and sort of points sort of this main lobby area to the opposite side, you know, sort of like north, what, north east of the entrance, there is a door that leads into the store labeled offices or office okay. that is where they, they gesture towards rake being. All right. I'm going to nod, nod that way for the, for the crew. But as we go by, whichever guard was like kind of talking to me the most, the one with like the cards and stuff, can I yeah. just kind of like give them like a, you know, familiar kind of clap on the shoulder, you know, just kind of thanks, you know, but then lean down a little bit and also give them a little whisper, like, you know, Probably keep that soft-handed cloudling out of here because she sure as hell ain't one of us. And uh, and then just kind of move quickly on, like almost, you know, that was just like in passing. I'm not waiting. Yeah, as you say that, as you say response. that, he, oh, I, as you say that, he's like, oh, don't worry. We know, man, he's been here all day. And as you're like walking off, he, he kind of plays it off like, like this guy's just kind of been annoying, but he's also like, he he's not selling anyone on his... Mm, Supposed. Uh, As I yeah. walk by, I very loudly say, "You got soft hands, young man." He doesn't acknowledge it, but he like puts his hands behind his back as he's <laughs> talking to the guards. Uh, okay, you make your way into the office. So, um, the office here—it's a few desks sitting under sort of like flickering lights that are, you know, sort of hidden behind like plastic, like translucent plasteel kind of overlays you know just these flickering shape with longer tube kind of lighting behind them as you come in here um dusty books yellow papers sort of scattered across all of these um and rake is here um you come in and you know i guess i'd say other than let me make sure there's nothing else in this room of note um yeah, I mean, that's the, the main thing you come in, you see Rake and this stuff and sort of taking some notes. And as you're coming in, like one farmerling is walking out, having just met with Rake. Rake kind of looks over and is like, recognizes you. And it's just like, ah, oh, Thorne, you decided to find your way over here? Want to see what the fuss is about? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we got to, you know, obviously there's a reason you're here, uh, you know, so yeah, uh, we stumbled on the place about a week ago. I mean, there's nothing, never been anything out here other than what an old field or two, but suddenly turn the corner earth's upturn. We got our door. So, you know, I had to peek in. Yeah. I mean, of course you got to, but so that's what, that's what happened. I mean, we, this is. It ain't like we ain't seen this before. It just suddenly upped and rose up out of the ground. That's what happened. Well, I mean, it wasn't, you know, we had patrolled around this area a while back, but it wasn't here last time. But I assume it's an Imago or two had come through this area. Something unearthed it. This, mm. you know, wasn't here last month. Certainly, mm. certainly not last summer when we were around. So, well, it, this was here, but we couldn't see it. You know, I mean, I think this has always been here as long as you and I have been around. But uh, yeah, I'm just kind of taking stock of it. We're trying to take stock of everything, both what's inside the collection in the vault itself and trying to 
you know, and she kind of like leans forward and like, you could feel this sort of like, you know, like leans down against the desk, this like burdened kind of um, expression is just like, you know, I'm just trying to make sure I do my due diligence on this and make sure that this all goes to the best face as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last thing I want is like, you know, we just come in and grab all this stuff and we're eating, we're eating good for the next five years, but the rest of the wasteland starving or something. I figure oh, this yeah. could be a big, a big win for all of us. Yeah. That, that's mm -hmm. Lordland behavior and that ain't us, you know? Y'all so, uh, yet? I've got some of my crew. She like looks and like has to like, she's a moment where she has like decode what you just said. Um, <laughs> Like, it's almost like you're, it's almost like when someone has like such a thick accent that it's difficult for you to understand, even though they're speaking the same language, it's like that, but yours is just like a slur accent <laughs> um, and has to like decode it. And she goes like, well, I mean, you all can feel free to take a look around the office and the equipment storage. I'm keeping the vault off, but I've got some of my crew in there sort of counting, but, um, mm -hmm. there's a lot in there and we haven't taken stock of all of it, but it's, a. Uh, you know, she, she goes over and there's sort of large, the desk has like a, a number of sort of catalogs in it, um, that seem to be almost like a, like records of the seeds in storage. Um, and yeah, she's just like, they, I mean, they had these, we, we got in the place, we found these logs, but they're not really accurate. It seems like some things have more than we think. Some things have less. Uh, so we're trying to just, Take a new inventory, I guess. Mm. She, she, she hands them out. Like, they're on the table if you want to look at these logs or anything. Hey, Cloud, why don't you come on one of these more? Uh, Cloud would be probably sitting at that desk staring down at them already. Hmm. Yeah, you notice a huge variety of seeds. I would say probably... 30 or four, 30 or 40% of them are things you've never heard of. Um, like plants that you have no, um, idea. The ones that seem where you can see some notes that seem to have the biggest discrepancies that rates rakes taken with these sort of like handwritten pieces of paper that are tucked in are like more mundane for lack of a better word, more typical and edible foods. Mm. Um, they're, doesn't seem to be as big of a discrepancy between things like flowers and, um, you know, the, the rarer exotic plant life that it would be something that like a collector, like Caspian may have wanted for this, but isn't something you would grow in a farm. Um, those, those seem more or less in line with what they've counted so far, but the, the thing that you see, yeah, really is just that the edible vegetables and fruits and things are the ones with the biggest discrepancy. Um, you do looking through this notice. Um, let me make sure I have the word correct. You do notice that there is a listing for Exuvino, which is that supposedly legendary plant that heals the malting. Mm. And you, your crew was the was the first in here. Any signs of recent habitation? I mean, the door, we had to blast that thing open. You could probably tell coming in, but, uh, I mean, we've cleared the place as well as we can. There's one room, uh, it's down the hall towards the vault and off to the right. There's one room we haven't gotten in. It's just seems like it's collapsed, caved in kind of like the whole entrance is blocked. We haven't gone in there yet, but the rest we've cleared and it 
looks pretty much like this. Like looks around and just like looks old. But I mean, as far as I can tell, this place could be old enough that who knows what happened between the logs and them locking the door. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, Cretan. I'm a Cretan. You got. You got Cret. Eaten. Uh, I think what he's trying about, to say is I've got a critter eating. A critter eating. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what uh, it is. Well, well, I mean, that certainly could be the case. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, that portrait in the, in the lobby is giving the creeps, though, and we've been hearing all weird knocks and noises, and one of my guys had a pot thrown at his head, turned around, nobody in the room. There was no pot in the room. Ah, oh, spooky. So that's troubling. So I'm also... That's why I want to make sure that if we are taking anything out of here, we're all doing it at once, and maybe we're all going to just leave for a while i don't need that you know lordly looking guy over there haunting me for the rest of my days and even and by the way when when rake says this it's like rake believes this and that's not Mm -hmm. unusual in the setting like we are in a magical setting (laughs) um there is literal magic so um you know you can tell that it's not just like it's not just like i don't want to be haunted it's like i don't want to be haunted yeah. So right. if we're going to steal from maybe the haunted vault. We're going to take everything and leave. Um, gotcha. I'm going to uh, just kind of clap cloud on the shoulder too. I'm still standing. If she's, if she's at the table reading over the books and I'm just going to just ask. So, uh, you see anything interesting, anything, anything more with your perusing? He said uh... magic pot <laughs> through his head. If, if uh, Rick's crew is the only folk to be in here, I mean, we can't necessarily even take these logs at face value, but something, something's got to be making those seeds. As uh, this happens and you're having this discussion, all of a sudden red lights, like the, the lights above that were flickering and sort of like almost like fluorescent light kind of color transition to this pulsing red from one side to the other. And there's this sort of low, not like high pitched siren and just like that pulse starts happening. And then there's like, whoop, 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 like coming on like artificial coming mm-hmm. over the speakers. And the, you hear from outside of the room, you're in this like, ching, 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 like metal clanging mm-hmm. noises happening. And Rick's just like, Oh Damn it, I told them not to mess with that thing. She gets up and just goes out of the room. I follow. Yeah. I follow Thorn. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do we want any part of this? I'm already, yeah. Just mm, waiting for by myself. Cloud's yeah. <laughs> like, do we want any part of this? Alone <laughs> in this red flesh here. Just by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you follow Rake out and Rake comes out and it's the same amount here, this transition to the sort of pulsing red. You can see that the entrance, the the blasted open door you have come through is now blocked with like a blast door that has dropped um in place. And Rake is crossing the lobby to sort of on the northwest side, this door on the northwest side that's labeled control room. And she pushes in there and there's like 
two or three members of her crew, like looking over this big control panel, like think like, a like the, the like nuclear power plant controls, you know, it's like, it's not just like a four button control panel. It's like a hundreds of button control panel. Um, and there's of course a big red button on one portion. There's a lot of other smaller red buttons, but there's one big red button and this sort of, uh, bigger heavy set guy is like, it's like, well, I'm sorry. What are we going to do? Sit here all week talking to the other crew. Everybody take stress from this lockdown kicking off them. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So stress. Talk about stress real quick. Yeah. Stress is when things that are stressful happen. Typically, it happens when you check, when you fail a check, you fail a save. So far, we've been doing a lot of role play, like character interaction. So that hasn't come up a ton yet. Um, but when it does, you take a, sometimes you take a stress and as you roll a, a save to see if you would take stress. Um, but anytime you fail a roll, you definitely take stress. And the idea is that it builds over time. And then when I call for a panic check, the higher your stress is, the more likely you are to panic and the worse potential panic results you have. Um, so that's the big thing with, with stress basically is ideally you want to keep it low and, you know, so even if it's low and you panic, you're probably going to, it's probably going to be minor, but if your stress is very high and you panic, it can go very bad. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's it. In this case, it's just, it's literally like you're in the middle of this situation something stressful happens, but it could be a number of other things. When you take wounds, when you cast spells, when you draw a weapon or have a weapon drawn on you, those kind of things. Um, and yeah, you come into that and yeah, Rake just starts like playing into the sky, sort of pushes everybody back away from the control panel. Um, and there's a few, like, like most of the screens here are sort of broken and shattered and, you know, done, but there is like an inlaid real, like basic, like, uh, you know, early LCD kind of, you know, like a calculator screen kind of thing on this that says the control board that just says lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. Hmm. Cloud, come be my hands. And Cloud's like running from the other room behind you guys. It's like, God damn it. I do not want to die in here. That's why come be my hands. Um, so she kind of like skitters up there and like, what the fuck? Hands. Uh yeah, I'd like to try to like uh walk Cloud through disarming this. Uh, okay. Do you know how to disarm this? I'm going to say this is going to be a mind check. Yeah, can I use tinkering as well? Yeah. Okay. Skills just give you advantage, right? Yes. So you're going to roll You're going to roll D100 twice, and you're going to take the lower result, because lower is better in the system. Okay. Um, and you're trying to roll under your stat. So, like, what's your mind stat? A 59. Wow. You are really actually smart. Benefits yeah. of age. Yes, he's there. Certainly doesn't come across in your talking, but that's yeah. okay. He's incredibly intelligent because genuinely, because when you get old, it's like plus 20 or whatever to your intelligence yeah. or to your mind. Uh, yeah, so I rolled a 34 and a 43. Um, so, okay. so um, yes, you succeed then. So what I'm going to let you do, um, I will say this is definitely not a control panel. You have, you don't really understand what it does. You're like intuiting what it probably yeah. does. So cloud if you are up for following this guidance i'm going to have you roll 2d10 tell me both results and i'll give you the more beneficial result from what happens with the control panel 
All right. First one is a six. Second is a four. This is putting a, let me, I'll ask you this, um, Hunter, since you were the one who rolled the successful mind check, would you rather have a fire start somewhere or the power go out? Oh, I don't know which is more beneficial. I mean, a fire, but one of these things happens. Mike gets everybody out of here. So. Well, if it's locked down and the fire starts, we all die in here. Hmm. I'll say a power outage. Okay. So you follow this advice to the letter, Cloud. Sort of start messing with this. You go, and you're doing this, like, by the way, while Rake and this whole crew are having this, like, argument. Like, she's, you know, dressing this guy down, telling him, like, I absolutely do not touch the button. We joked about, of course, I want to touch the red button. It's a big red button. You don't <laughs> touch the red button. And then you're like in the background following this guy. And so you hit this button and then she just goes like, and then everything goes flash. But, and then it's just totally dark like across the, the facility. Yeah. Across the whole thing. And you're underground and you're in a thing. So it is pitch black. Um, I was just the hands. I was just the hands. <laughs> Uh, oh, everybody turned off. Take another stress. Um, <laughs> as the lights turn off, turned off, and you realize you are locked in an ancient vault. Uh, shit, shit, shit. Rake starts yelling around, being like, "What now?" And you can just hear this like sort of shuffling and like people go, rummaging through their items and stuff. As as this group here and from out from the lobby, people My being God. like, "Hey, what's going on?" Um, so Cloud's kind of like, shit, shit, shit. Hold on, I got something for this. And you hear her start chanting a spell. Ooh. Okay. So we're going to get ourselves a spell. So I'll explain spells real quick. Real quick. So to cast a spell, you did mention before that spells take chalk, which is that sort of psychic energy infused material that the Imago eat and feed off of and then sort of gathers over time in the bones of everyone just from living in this environment now so you have to consume one or more sticks of chalk which is something most magicians carry with them you have to recite the words then you're going to take one stress you always take a stress whenever you cast a spell and then you're going to make a heart check and some spells depending on what cloud is casting you can actually spend you can consume more chalk to have them do more beneficial effects Okay, so I'm going to attempt to cast Illuminate that targets a targets the caster or nearby character, summoning a brilliant ethereal uh, lantern to hover over their shoulder for an hour. Now, this does have some consequences. We can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> I am going to attempt to cast this upon Thorn so that ethereal lantern will pop over their shoulder. Okay. Um, so I you're going to make, oh, go ahead. Um, I have a uh, skill in spell casting as well. So this will be an advantage. Yep. Yeah. At advantage. Mm -hmm. And it is a heart check. Heart. All right. My heart is 31. The first one is a, how do I read a 12? Okay. Uh, the second is an 18. All right. Well, good. You succeeded either way. Um, so what happens, you said that you basically told us what happens on the success for 
listeners, viewers at home, if you do fail, there are miscasts. And I mentioned spells always have a cost, which is definitely true. Miscasting spells really always have a cost. Um, and typically it can be kind of wild and some very rarely good. Normally miscasts are very bad, but in this case you succeed. So yeah, exactly so... that happens. This ethereal lantern peers up over Thorn's shoulder. You see the sort of, what does it look like? Like what's the, what's the quality of the light? Is it like warm? Is it cold? Is it like green and ghostly? What does it look like? No, I think this is pretty simple. Um, I, so you hear cloud start doing the, the short spell incantation. Illuminate can't be terribly long. Uh, you see a little bit in the darkness, just like a whoosh, spark leave her hands. And then the light pops up right above Thorn's shoulder. It's I think it's just an orb. I don't think it's anything fancy. Just a little ball of like orange warm light. Okay. Oh, I'm, not a, so I'm not a Zelda okay. fanboy. Isn't there some type of like little light ball fairy thing? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, is it, yeah, the is little it fairy. Like, is it kind of like that? It's like that, except it doesn't have little wings. <laughs> yeah, a little light ball falling around. Yeah, but this light sort of bathes out now, casting these really strong shadows. Right, is the only source of light down here um, from the thing, and you can see Rake is kind of go going through, trying to see what she has on her with one hand, and is holding the guy, the big guy who hit the buttons, like scruff of his collar, um, with the other, and the same with some of the other, and they kind of like look over. She's just like. Well, that's helpful. Will you please step away from the control panel? It was just the hands. I was just the hands. Well, the hands are a pretty important part. In fact, why don't all of you get out? Yeah, she gestures to the three of you to get out. <laughs> she gestures to the three of you to get out of this room and to the other people in her crew to get out other than this big guy that she's holding. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know... That one's on you, Sven. We turned the uh, alarm off. We did turn the alarm off, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead and... Let me see here. I'm rolling real quick. Um, this is number two. All right. Well, Thorn, you got rolled, so it's you. Go ahead and roll a body save for me, Thorn, as you start to make your way out here, out of this room. Dope. Sick. Awesome. Let me look My at your body is 48. Okay. Yeah. So it's just gonna be a straight one, like no no advantage or anything from skills. I don't I don't have any it's not I'm not farming. No, it's not a farming related. <laughs> Does the illumination try, of the light help? You're trying to avoid being uh you're trying to avoid being hit with by a thresher. Yeah, no. Does my will of the light help me? Do I the see the light it? does not help? I'm not getting you advantage in this case. Oh, I rolled a two. That'll do it. Just so people know, criticals are similar to Mothership. Criticals are when you roll doubles. So if you were to succeed and roll like an 11, a 22, a 33, that kind of thing. If you fail and roll doubles, then it's a critical failure. Wait, it was um, a two. Two's pretty good. Is a double of one. That's true. Moving on. Uh, We're doing math lessons here. <laughs> Everything is a, any round number is a double. Or something else. Uh, so I deserve crit. So, uh, yeah, give me one second to do this. 
What am I looking for here? This is what I'm looking for. So you are going to leave with the rest of the group behind you and sort of um, Cloud and Sven, you see like a flicker of this shadow before this terracotta pot just over the armor uh, on Thorne's back. And you would take one damage. I assume your armor just eats that. Just by a couple. Yeah, because you've got heavy armor on, right? What is your yeah. armor? Is it like seven? Seven. That's yeah. crazy. So, so this pot just shatters over your armor. It doesn't do any harm to you, but it's certainly startling. Um, the and, that? Uh, and yeah, you kind of just like turn and look back. And um, since you did roll that too, I want to say you, when you turn and look back, like your reaction time is really quick for this unexpected thing that just happened to you. Um, you turn and look back and you see that on the back wall, there is a like a, it almost just looks like a panel of the, the sort of metal, metal-ish, like metal alloy wall paneling. One of the panels is open and you just see this like half of a body go back behind it. And then the panel slides closed. I want to race to the panel. Uh, okay, you go over there and it's, yeah, like I said, it's like, oh, there are, you know, these big sort of floor to ceiling panels that go along. You can see where they're sort of like riveted in the corner. But once you come up to this, especially since you have this light, you can see there's an area where there's almost like an inlet, a very dim, it's like, you know, it's it's a light, it's like an LED or something that's behind the surface of this alloy, like where it's, it when it's glowing, you can see it, but there's no like, nothing out here um mm -hmm. but it has that and like a little glowing area that you would definitely recognize just from other things you've seen where it looks like a like a tag reader like a like a like a security card like there's probably some sort of like fob that you would hit to this it's probably like a service tunnel some sort of like a hidden door hmm. is there a seam yeah definitely there, there are seam there it's like you know, it's like the, this whole room has like maybe six of these big panels going from this side, one, the left side of this room to the right side. And this is just one of those. So there's definitely a seam between them. Okay. Hmm. Rick's like, I told you to get out. Hey, now, nah, uh, not. Listen here, right? Did you not just hear that crash? And I, I gather up the terracotta bits and stuff like that. I just, someone just threw a goddamn pot at my head. Come here. Come here. Let me show you something. Okay. Yeah, Rick comes over. Rick's like, yeah, that kind of thing's been happening a lot. That's what I was talking about. Well, listen, I'm fast fuck, boy, and I saw someone <laughs> go back into this tunnel here. Have you seen this? Look here. If you, if you look along the edge here, you can see it. Maybe it's like a service tunnel or something. I think maybe like... I don't know. Have you noticed this since you've been here? Because it went in right here. I mean, I haven't, we haven't seen any of these things open. I, uh, I didn't know about it. We definitely haven't found any cards or anything. Mm, yeah, you, it looks you're like saying this was like, just open. It, it opened, a pot flew out, hit me. I looked back and I saw a figure dart back into it. You saw it, didn't you, Sven? Cloud? Yeah, I saw him uh, uh, broken up in the uh, cyclos. 
See, he's saw body wound. Yeah. Well, do you have a good way to get in there then? I don't, but clearly it ain't, it ain't, I don't think it's a slip or nothing. I think this is, there's something or someone in here with us. And now listen, I know you got your whole crew here and I know you're doing what's right for the people out there. Why don't, and here's a thought, why don't we, since y'all already have the responsibility of doing everything, and trust me, I trust you to, to do that and do what's right for our people, why don't we go try to figure out what this is? Maybe it's also it's heating up them extra seeds and we don't want more of them gone. And then maybe we'll be able to, to catalog and get all this stuff out here sooner if someone handles that. And I just have a certain set of skills along with my companions that would allow us to do that. We, we worked you, together before. You can, like, you know I'm trustworthy. She's still holding on to the, like, the scruff of this big, like, oafish kind of guys. <laughs> I didn't realize she's uh, still holding him. Neck, he's still, yeah, she's still holding him. He's, like, like listening in. She's like, well, yeah, as you can tell, I have a bit of a staffing issue right now. So, uh -huh. yeah, I would like that. Just tell you. Tell your yeah, no more daughter. Aliens. Yeah, not touching the control yeah. panel. No more, hey, listen, um, Clyde, no more touching stuff. Got it? We good? Uh, and it's like, yes, I would like that very much because I need to figure out how to get the doors open so we can all, so we can all get out of here. A little, like a wink, Clyde, or just a wink, you know? But yeah, she's definitely willing to give you the leeway given everything else on her shoulders to... Gotcha. To go after that. Apparently, familiar pat has become one of the things I want to do. I want to reach past Rake and give the uh, big man a pat on the chest. And I'm like, <laughs> glad, glad I'm not you, buddy. And then we just. He goes, help me. <laughs> he gets pushed against the locker again. <laughs> or like, they uh, live against like this back wall of the control panel thing. Right, so, yeah, so you, you just. Come yeah, yeah can I just lead away from like if i see people i just like wave and just go like i want to get away from people and hope that Sven and clatter are are with me in the light yeah yeah you can get out um you come out into that general lobby from this room and i mean you're the only source of light there like the other people kind of looking around i mean you get you know little things it's like someone has like some matches and they've like burnt up some of the crumbled paper that was on that front staff desk and stuff you know there's like a little like cup with some light in it like they're they you know person has a candle or two that kind of thing but it's real like power outage you know like at your house energy like ah oh, there's some yeah. two candles like, like half the half half of the rake's crew that were playing cards they're still just playing cards but now over the like you know lightly sit burn slowly burning old notebook or something they found wait so why but did yeah, we leave you, next to the panel why didn't we stay next to the panel we're trying to get through it right we have no way to open it. Uh, my thought is to you could. Well, I, I mean, you could try to force it. You could try to pick it. Maybe possible. I mean, it does have a seam. Well, she, like also I said, told so. us to get, she also told us to get out. So I kind of wanted to get out and regroup. Mm. I mean, we could always go back in, but I just wanted to get yeah, I mean, out, you, and get away, and like yeah, you, you, you could definitely here. talk it over. Yeah, yeah. you can huddle up. Let's go. Let's go in there and try a couple things, and I'm gonna have an idea. Hold on, what? Yeah. Hold that thought. What do you think the chances are that Rake's crew is just 
messing with us, trying to scare us off from this supposed treasure they found, accessing panels, throwing things. Uh, Sounds I mean, a little so more. I know, I know Rake pretty well. Know that y'all are kind of. I mean, we are a bit of a ragtag recently formed group here. But I've I've lived or worked mm-hmm. around Rake for most of my entire life, and I can tell you right now that uh, one, she wouldn't do that, and two, if one of her crew was doing that, they'd get the same treatment that Big Boy in there is getting right now. You don't think it's easier to keep people out of here to scare them away with ghost tales than it is to no, threaten I, them with arms and armor? I don't. But here's the thing: is we're in farmland territory, Cloud. Um, you know, we don't need to threaten our people with arms and armor. Rake has authority because she knows what to do and how to do it right by all of us. So what keeps the people from trying to raid in here is respect. You need to be keeping the cloudling uh, in disguise at arm's length. Just right, for thought. He- What are you trying to say about that? Keep your wits about you. Well, I mean, I'll do my best, but you got Sven here. He smiles just like empty, massive empty space. Cloud um, from the sort of like with the point where the light from over Thorne's shoulder kind of like reaches its dimmest. You can see that Bud, the cloudling at acting as farmerling is attempting to listen sort of from the edge of shadows to do the we all just turn and stare (laughs) (laughs) absolutely like at the same time and Sven both just (laughs) yeah Um, it's like oh hey uh I, the door out here is closed and locked. I feel like we can't get it unlocked here. So like we probably need to go in deeper, right? To find like the master hey, controls hey, or something hey, to get hey, it out. Hey, hey, there's no we. There's us and there's, like, okay. there's no we. There's no we. Uh, okay. I, I'm just trying to help. Why don't you... I've, This Why don't you go back and to... go take a bath, son? Yeah. I mean, I'll go. Okay, I'll go take a look on my own. Yeah. yeah how and, about you uh, don't go take a look on your own? Where's the... Where where, where, where are those guards at? I feel like maybe uh, they're literally there to keep people like you from getting in here. Yeah, they're still around, even though the, the lights are out. And from the light, from your light, being here in this room you see bud go over to like the hallway and go further into the vault like towards the vault where where there was also that hallway that rake mentioned there being like a you know like a collapsed in entrance to a room um and seeing the light and everything the the guards are just like no you're not getting in you weren't before you're especially not now stay here (laughs) and Uh, bud like backs up go back to that i wait for like i get Close to the, the cake here. Let me go back to that panel. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. It, how long does this thing last? Uh, One hour, I think. Uh, for an hour. There we go. Yes, an hour. Yeah. All right. All right. So, I agree with you, Sven. 
let's just in our head start counting down. We got like 50. All that took one minute, right? We got 59 minutes left on <laughs> How many times, how many more times can you do this if we need it? Or give or take. Um, we're going to be actually... in uh, a, quite a bit of trouble if this extends into another day. Um, going to put that uh, responsibility on you, Sven. I'm interested in, so if you cast the same spell multiple times, like how does that work in regards to like the cost? Because the cost for this one, right, is that tomorrow when you wake up, you're blinded, right? Mm -hmm. For the illuminated spell. So if you cast it multiple times a day, is that just multiple days that you wake up without the ability to see? That's probably how I would rule it, yeah. Okay. It's like I would say if you cast it, five times in a day you're gonna be blind for five weeks yeah i don't think there's like i don't get the feeling that there's like min maxing spells and cloud like the cost you will suffer the cost yeah so i would i would probably rule it yeah mm, all right let's go all right so all right where are you going to they're gonna head back to that panel okay has Rake's group left that area yet, or are they still sitting around it trying to figure it out? Oh, sorry, I'm thinking the control panel, not the wall panel. Are you talking about yeah, wall panel? Yeah, so yeah, we're talking about wall. Yeah, panel. those yeah, those are in the same room. Um, the, but they they are definitely Rake is sitting there now, like a crew member to in, and they're trying to be like, okay, what'd you hit? The, like they're going over this, like clearly hitting the red button again does not lift the lockdown. They could have just done that, trying to figure out what else to do without messing it up tampering you know like a guy's looking down in the there's like metal cabinets like below the desk and trying to be like i don't know is there like a manual for this thing um but you all come in and are able to go to like the far side of you know it almost looks like a think like a server rack kind of thing it's like you you go behind that to the far side where this, the north side of this room where the panel was all right so um i have a, a saber and i kind of pull the blade out and look to see if the gap is large enough to slide that uh, bit of, I don't even think it's metal. This is probably more of like a ceramic composite saber. Yeah, just to slide, like just slide the blade slightly into the, the into the crease there. Yeah, and not necessarily to pop it quite yet. I want to see if I can get it in and just like fucking root around. Yeah, it, it'll definitely fit in there. Okay, With the um, saber. So I slide it in, I look at the other two, and then I try running it up and down. Yeah, you run it up. I mean, you can tell from the feel of it, like as you, you know, it's like, if here's the panel, I'll give your saber behind it. You can twist in and you feel there's nothing there. Like you can tell that this is like a panel with empty space behind it. Hmm. If you slide up, you can go all the way up, but then any lower, almost in where you slid it in, it gets blocked. Okay. There's a lock there. There's something there. If you slide it underneath, it's the same thing. Pretty much just goes down to the floor. Nothing empty space behind it. Um, how sturdy is that lock? Is it cuttable with this blade? If I just rammed it down into it, could I slice through or do we need something more substantial? 
you I wouldn't slice through. So I would say, yeah, it'd probably be more like you need to like hammer and wedge. Like you could, you could maybe get through with a saber, but you might be wrecking your saber in the process. Okay. So uh, cloud, I slide the saber out. Look at the two of them. There's a cavity back there. Some kind of lock. I can mm. try and shimmy or smash it, but all I think that's going to end up with me is a, broken or bent sword and I'd rather like to keep this one on me do you guys have anything that can do you guys do you guys have anything that can burn through a lock open a door find okay a listen listen I'm gonna do a thing only I'll tell nobody that I do this thing uh-huh uh-huh your secret safe with me so uh, um, I nothing, I see nothing. Yeah, he like he like looks behind you two and like can, can anyone see us right now? No, you're behind you're sort of obscured from rack and the other members by like I said, or rake and the other members, because there's almost like a big server rack type right. thing oh, in right. the middle. Yeah. So Sven turns around and climbs through the uh the closed panel uh to get behind it. Yeah, so you see, you see Sven just like almost like reach in as if it's like a pool of water and just pulls through, and you see him go away on the other side. And from the other side, can Sven see anything to like? Can you see the lock? Yeah. Like, so Sven, you're in the dark here. Um, on the other side, you can definitely see. I mean, you can feel around. Well. Oh, no, can't I can't. Around. So you can't actually feel around. So you see, I would say what you see is you see some residual, like bluish, almost like energy. You see like the slipstream of a living uh, being haven't been here before. Think like the residual heat. If you had like an infrared sensor or something like that, you, because right. you always see that, but you can definitely right. see that here. Can I interact with um, any of that slippery stuff to try to like, push that heat over towards the lock at all? Or is it just like, it's just like the heat of where somebody was essentially. It's just, it, you can just tell mm -hmm. that a presence was here recently mm -hmm. and like it sort of trails off down what seems to be this sort of service tunnel. Lipstick. Like that's almost the most you see here. So since sticks his head out and then recounts like what he's seen. Okay, but what the fuck are we seeing, Sven? You're in a wall. I'm not... Cloud, you see this, right? Um, I am no stranger to miracles. Um, this one say, perplexes me. I didn't see Cloud. I was next on the Mago uh, two summer ago, and, you know, ever since, I can't really... I can't really touch much, but I go through things fine. Can so I cloud you would definitely gently, know gently like smack him but like not really like just that can i like pass it straight through if he if, uh, if he lets you you just pass through um cloud no, you would definitely no, know like... this you would definitely know this affliction that sven suffers from just uh, as a magician which is and if i mean it would have taken you by surprise and be like is this magic what is this but now seeing it here plainly in front of you, um, you imagine Sven as a wanderling. 
someone who died and only half slipped away um, and has probably been, you know, we get like the montage flashback of every time you almost touched him, but didn't. And he asked you to touch things, but didn't and never touched anything. Always asked for someone's help. And you um, see that light bulb. Bing. Oh, he's a ghost. <laughs> oh, you, you tricky son bitch. <laughs> well, you know, I gotta keep myself going to trust, you know? <laughs> it's funny. Is your tongue extra ghostly and that's why I can't fucking use it right or what? And he stops laughing. No, you listen here. I lost my teeth. I lost my teeth my magic. I think that'll happen if before we ever the water rich <laughs> to uh, buy you some veneers or something, but <laughs> um so yeah, I mean like I can't physically interact with anything, but, but I can follow this trail a little further in and see if I see anything, but Yeah, I actually have something that I'll drop for you in our uh DM. Uh well actually I'll just put it in the DM for everybody now so you can all see it. Oh yeah, me, um, me because one Christian, me and Christian talked before this, and I was like, hey, by the way, like, I just don't want to put this in my character sheet, and I just want to play this bit out as long as I can. So, Good job. I'm always Good job. down. We'll, we'll, we'll for riff your face, <laughs> um, So one of the things I, I'll pause the scene real quick and say that is cool um, is that Watt actually on their sub stack does monthly expansions where they do like a single spread of new Cloud Empress stuff. And one of those uh, a few months ago was actually playing as a Wanderling, almost like advanced rules for a Wanderling if you wanted to keep playing as one. So I just posted that for you, Hunter, if you wanna look at it. The big things to know if people are interested in this, the way this typically happens is you would roll a character and play them. And then when you, the first time you die, there's a chance you don't die. Actually, you're more likely than not to, not die, but instead take a curse. And one of the curses is you can become a wanderling. So the way they work is wanderlings have a single wound. They don't take damage from conventional means, but they can be harmed by anything chalk related. So spells, um, press spells, amago, other things like that. They can only physically interact with slip related things and ancient relics. And uh, wanderlings are drawn sort of magnetically to them. And I would say now that this reveal is out, Sven, that's the thing you felt since you came in here. And maybe even the thing that originally put you on generally this direction is that in that vault, there is a relic. There is something that is harnessing these sort of ancient, powerful connections to the slip. Things maybe that led to the, the downfall of the old world into the world that it is now, but you know that it is in there and you want it because relics are a way in which you can bridge the gap again. They're a way in which you can interact. You know, they're, they're like a, because they are slip related, you can wield them to interact again. Mm. So you definitely feel that draw and that hum and that's inside the main vault. Hmm down that hallway further that's right from behind this panel that is what you can see unfortunately i would say you can't you know i'm going to say we'll say that wanderlings you know you can't interact physically that's a pretty big yeah uh knockback so we'll say you have like low light vision equivalent you, you can look and see and you could relay like oh it's it's this kind of lock there is a latch like there is a release on the back so maybe that's the kind of thing that they could jimmy something, you know, shimmy something through and press that 
with like the saber from the right angle, you could guide them through that to, to get this open, even though you couldn't open it yourself. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, hey, take the saber and put it in there. Oh, I got it. Uh, oh, by the way, both uh, Cloud and Thorn <laughs> take stress, and I would say roll. I don't, I don't know. I was going to say roll a panic check, but I don't know if it's it's panic check worthy to see him go through. I think roll a fear save, actually. That's what we'll do. No, roll reality save. Sorry. Reality. This is in reaction to seeing him go through and then come back out and be like, I'm a wanderer on this whole thing. Um, oh, who who uh... raised my stress? My stress didn't go up. No, that's, yours didn't Oh, fuck. Buddy, I'm, that's you, I'm, nerds. I'm, That's my bad, dude. I'm on you. How dare you? Um, I have a skill in more. mysticism. Does this count as mysticism? Yeah, you could you could roll with advantage on it. Like I said, out of everyone here, you're the most likely to be like, oh, I've interacted with a wanderling before. But there is still a chance that having one among you, as long as it has, may be, un may be troubling. Well, that was good because I got a 94 and then a 7. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll say, uh, I'm going to say um, take still take one stress. Um, you would have taken more. Take one just because, like, it's less the nature, the wandering nature, and more a secret of that magnitude, having been a part of this party for at least several days without you knowing about. You know, that's just unsettling. Like you thought you at least could rely on these three, and now there's a whole shift in that. What about you, Thorn? Oh no, I failed the shit out of it. Um, I thought I passed it because I was on the wrong sheet. Uh... Because I rolled a 30, and I was like, oh, yay, 35. And then I was on Sven's sheet, and I rolled my sheet, and I was like, oh, yay, a 19. Um, so I feel yes. So go ahead and roll um, a panic check for me. Dope. Cool. And uh, to describe panic checks, because I think those are actually slightly different here, if I remember correctly, than in Mothership. Let me go check. I think Because I think in Mothership, it's a d20. I think here it's a d10. Might be making look yes so you're going to make a panic check you're going to roll 1d10 and then if the result is greater than your current stress you don't panic and if it's lower then you're going to tell me that number and i'll tell you what it does Dope. so just a 1d10 yep i rolled a five my stress is three okay you don't panic um you have that initial, you have like the moment fleeting, like, like I said, like that, like what I described in cloud that like almost like betrayal slash, I think for you more than cloud that like, what is this? Like, what is happening? What is Sven? What like being even kind of being as he, um, but you manage once he pops back out and is still friendly old Sven, um, mumbly as ever, you kind of like quell that down inside yourself. Um, okay. So no one panics. All is well um, for now. Good. Oh, I need to make sure, by the way, are we... I want to make sure that I'm checking all the job conditions. So, okay, you didn't panic. So you're, so job conditions are a thing for viewers that each class has that are sort of compounding problems. So, for example, clouds is when a magician's mind is muddled and it's, uh, it is time to worry. So if cloud failed a reality save, everyone nearby would take one stress. Um, for Thorn as a sellsword, if, uh, if you had panicked there, everyone else would have had to make a fear save or also panic because it's bad to see the 
guy with the gun and sword <laughs> start panicking. Um, and then for couriers, it's that once per session, you may make a panic check with advantage because you've seen it all. You've been around. Uh, they kind of have the rare positive one. Um, so just so people know that is an element, but it doesn't come into play. So what do you do? Did you know? Oh, yeah. I, I think I was trying to guide the saber, trying to talk you through wiggling the saber through this lock. After a moment of disbelief, then I take this okay, and with a bit of an air of question, just slide it in through the gap once more. And I'm like, I, I lined it up to where half of my face is outside of the panel and the other half is inside. And so I'm watching it and I'm like <laughs> actively like giving you directions on how to shimmy. Yeah, so you've, you're able to follow the the direction here, and yeah, you get it at like an angle up higher than you were and down. And you push, you like sort of pop, and rather than it like popping and bending the saber, it hits this release latch on the back, and this service tunnel entrance just swings open. And now with the light in there, you can see yeah that it kind of goes back, and it's these tunnels that sort of, you know, are are built near. They sort of like just wrap along the outer edges of some of the rooms in here. It isn't like a full, complete, its own tunnel network, but it definitely will go, they look like they go to other places. So specifically from this one, yeah, you see one going sort of deeper into the vault, and then you also see a part where it sort of like lowers down and seems to go farther off towards the side, almost like towards the office direction of the vault that you were in before. Uh, Sven, you see that the... I want to give Cloud like a like a good job pat on the back, and I want to give Sven a good job pat on the back, and then I'm Sven just like, oh. immediately tries to like dodge being touched, like out of just you know. Oh, that's right. Not because you're fucking ghost. It's my bad. All right. Uh, and you, Sven, you can see the sort of remaining like ethereal presence of a person having been here. It goes off to the east. Mm. more towards the office direction, not necessarily deeper into the vault, just to the side, off to that direction. Of the vault. Where do I feel the hum of the relic coming from? To the north, like deeper into the vault, where where you understand the seed vault to be. Mm. Listen, that thing through the vault, it's gone out by the office. I feel the hum coming from deeper north. Lead the way. Which way are we going? To the hum, I guess. Hold on. Let's go the way out. Huh? Cloud's huh? just gotta find the courage. Let let you, we're, 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 we're we're going you, in, Cloud. We're, we're going, going in. Then. We're going in. All right, we're so going. Yeah, in. I guess we're Spain we're out. going. Lead the way. Hey, Cloud. Northward. We're going okay. In. Relic word. Relic word, yeah. Sounds like okay. You know only one of us is intangible. So wow. this is pretty <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Wanderling wanderlingism comes can come for comes for one tenth of every day. Come for or whatever. Uh so yeah, you you head down this this access tunnel. It branches to the right. That's where you see that sort of slippery 
residue lead off. You go past that though, deeper into the vault that kind of branches over like 90 degree turnover, 90 degree turn back North. Um, and then it's the same thing. You come up against a panel with this, uh, release on the back. You also notice, you definitely notice like dirt along the floor under the light of the, the, the glow, you see like little dirt with, um, like boot tracks in it. And there's a handful of little pots collected like it's terracotta pots collected at near the door that you entered and also near this door and sort of some other little just like bits of like refuse you know like garbage but it's all kind of like harder like either like a piece of metal a, a terracotta pot um a bigger hunk of plastic that kind of thing there's gotcha. a, another little pile of that near this near this door if i kick and punch through all of them the coins come out or like a scroll or anything <laughs> rupees fall Jeez. on the ground yeah there are no no coins here um all right i don't but do that. sven sven looks sad for a moment that he can no longer smash pots like that mm. it's true <laughs> you remember Actually, your young days of rolling through pots in town sven goes to like kick some of the dirt in the ground and like obviously kicks and nothing happens and is like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> forgot for a moment as his lifetime um, and un unconscious actions that we all take um that you don't question until suddenly so you're at this this uh this northern door it's locked i mean it's it's openable but closed latched closed i i, I guess i'll peer through it it's true. Forgot about that. I forgot you could do that. But yeah, I can just you do that. Wall, sure. wall hack. You have wall hack. <laughs> yeah. So you lean your you lean your head forward through and look out, and in this room is sort of this. It looks almost like a very high end. Like I guess this probably isn't something that you Sven would know, but we would know. Looking at this, it looks like a very high end like museum display. Now there are no high end museums on the surface on the among the wastes like this but we would think of this as being like oh this is like a brand new nice exhibit at like the smithsonian or something where it's is almost like you know it's walkways and terraces that kind of lead up around it's like nearly like a ziggurat type structure overall but it's these leading up display shelves little displays that go around and up and in that there are lots of these sort of cases and sealed um you know, like all oh, like cabinets, I guess, that have a number of these like little packets in them. Now in this room, it is still very dark. There were a few, um, let me double check. I believe there are a few people in here. Um, yeah, there are several, several other farmlings in here that were taking inventory. You assume from Rake's conversation before the alarm and then dark mm. went off. So there's like, a few small lights enough for you to make out the shape of this and to see like, you know, you see someone sitting near that who has like, they were able to light like a little something they had with them or someone who has like a little flashlight um, propped there. And they're just like, they're also stuck in here from the thing. So one or two people you hear being like, they have to get the door open. I mean, they know that we're in here. And like, I don't know. I guess we just got to wait. But the main person, the person closest to you is just catalog pulling out these little like aluminum foil, like aluminum, pouches looking at the name on them setting it down and is like writing notes in the in the dark like this farmerling is just like well i might as well just keep getting work done i guess i'm stuck in here um they don't they definitely don't notice you um 
sticking your head out in the dark. But the big thing that draws to you is that at the top of that, at the top of this walkway, not visible really to you, right? I mean, I guess the the part that would be visible to you is there is like a, a clearly a large case, like a like a display case. You can just see the corners of this glass um, up on the top, and that is like this slip essence is like roiling out of that, and almost like to you, it's like this bluish rippling that that comes down the, the various tiers of this, and sort of like sits like fog in the bottom of the room. So Sven pulls his head back. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm just going to talk normal for a second because it's just doing the mumbling is fun and everything. But yeah, so Sven relates everything that he has seen and he proposes the idea in his mumbly way of just getting this door open, telling all the farmerlings in there that this is the exit path, getting them out and then getting the slippery thing. What are our chances of getting back in after we leave this door? Well, we got in the last one. We just got to wiggle the thingamajigger. Let's just prop it open. Yeah, it definitely. The last one seems to lock. It does. It definitely does seem to lock when it swings closed mm -hmm. by default. But yeah, but prop it open, mess with the lock. You would think those capabilities, those are things you, you could do. Yeah. I mean, okay, Sven, I, don't I, you guys have a piece of, of tape uh, on you? That you can't interact I, with. I got a bit of um, kind of search around my bag real quick and pull out. It's just like a bunch of stuff to cook food in. It's like mm. we can, we can prop the door of this, like a pot. Yeah, cookware. Like a, like a little yeah, like cookware. Um, yeah, you can definitely do that. You could just kind of wedge it down near the base where it's not even like a doorstop. You like put it physically down in the corner so it definitely won't open without someone seeing that and pulling it away. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to try to open this door? Anyone? Yeah, I mean, we just have to just pop it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, the release is on this side. You can see it. I guess we'll do the same thing we did before then. We're on the inside. No, the yeah, you're on the inside. It's oh. literally just a button. Oh, yeah, you can hit. Yeah. So, wait, what are we telling these people? That they exit that way. Do they not have a different exit? No, they just no. said they're locked in. Yeah, they're also blast doored in. Like, the vault uh, blasted uh, in. Uh, 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 uh. And specifically, I guess, to, to slightly illustrate more what I was saying, is the person the person who is counting all this stuff, they have, like, a pile of these seed packets next to them. And then what you saw, Sven, is these tiers and... Like essentially, like you can see that the tiers and the, the sort of areas where there'd be these different crates or like collections was was really all that you could see. But this one person had like these these pouches out on the counter. Hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Let's just let's just let's just say, hey, you're welcome. Rakes that way. All right. Ready? Yep. Yeah. We pop it open. Hello, right. friends. Farmerlings like look over. Oh, is that found a way out? Is everything okay out there? Yeah, we're the we're the rescue party. Someone was screwing around the control room, alarm went off. <laughs> Someone else screwed around the control room, power went off. But uh, we talked to Rake. Rake sent us in. 
Uh, we're here to uh, give y'all a way out. Apparently, there's some service tunnels, uh, and this is one of them. Oh. Well, I guess that's good fortune for us if you couldn't figure out a way to get the door open. So that's that's great. Uh, any news on the power? Should we... I mean, should we head out of here until then? Or do you want Rake wants us to do? I think... I mean, so I'm still cataloging. Rake, I got a candle. Rake was working on the... Uh, the old uh, power there, but you know, you might be able to give them, give her her hand. You seem smart enough to write stuff down. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll go check in with her. Um, yeah, I don't, looking in, to, I don't think I want everyone to get back in their room and make sure I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he yeah, definitely doesn't understand wanted... anything you just said. <laughs> I think he said that Rake wanted to kind of do a head count, make sure everybody was all right, because you know pots are flying around and stuff, and also the power's okay. out. So if you if y'all want to head back in there, we'll make sure everything's good in here, and uh, we'll uh, come through. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, just so you know, when the blast door came down, if you were all going to try to inventory check any of this stuff, I had these out and has like this this like collection, maybe like twelve or fourteen of those pouches. Picks it up, picks them up, and sets that down. I had these out, but all these other, everything else got pulled down and like goes and opens this cabinet and the whole, like there was stuff in it before, but you can see that there's like a panel, like a trap door has closed and all of those seeds have been lowered down into some sort of like emergency protective vault, something below. Ain't that neat. Smart. So, but Hey, you know, if you got service tunnels, this place has more secrets, but I mean, I guess they had something in place in case there was a raid on it or something, but I only have these and a few other people counting and had some more out, but everything other than that, it's all inaccessible to us. But mm. just so you know, mm -hmm. picks up, mm -hmm. picks up their, their uh, notebook and, and heads out that way, kind of like feeling, because once they get out to the edge of your light, there's no light. So they're just like feeling and just like, <laughs> so just, just this way. And you're like, yeah, just that way. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i give them really detailed instructions on how to get there and i'm sure they they're like okay <laughs> so i do have a question for wanderlings you can't interact with anything physical no i cannot so why don't you sink through the floor and disappear just for good i mean no i'm saying like how are what is stopping you Listen, How why don't you, you just sink through the floor and get the fuck out of here, guy? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you take your mumbling motherfucking mouth and get on it? No, um, but no, like, so the, the question really was, like, can you climb stairs? Like, are you able to interact with, like, your feet touching things? I can, I can essentially kind of fly. Um, okay. Basically, so, yeah, yeah, basically Sven's always been mimicking walking. Yeah. But it's actually just floating. I guess if but you were like really smart, you were really yeah. paying attention like you could tell that maybe i my walk was not perfect you know you, yeah. you could absolutely go down to the floor yeah um yeah okay i mean cool uh, you know what actually yeah i want to take a peek onto the floor since everything sunk down um okay. and i don't i don't just sink through the floor i like fully rotate to where my feet are facing up mm. and like my head is down and through the floor. So you guys just see like from my like thighs to my feet um, sticking up through the floor. 
Yeah. You, when you do that, you are still in the floor and ground. Like you're going to have to go deeper. Let's do it to get to probably wherever these go. So you just yeah. see these legs and feet just <laughs> yeah. blink out uh, down below. Um, just make sure I do this as stupid as possible. You know, Sven, as you do this, you, you know, you, you go down and it's like, you have to go far. Like it feels like you're going like two or three stories probably through like okay. rock and like other parts of the, like other little bits of infrastructure of this the facility. But then you just get into like rock and then come down into what feels like, you know, an open air chamber also dark. Although here there are like three or four little like emergency glow light kind of things um, around the corner. Uh, okay. And you can see where all of these have been sort of lowered down. And there's this whole collection of, of boxes, very much in a sim similar to that array, almost like if you had like a, you know, like an origami pagoda or something, you know, like squished it down where it's like, they're all now stacked very close to each other, but in the same configuration. Um, Does this room feel this like space. temperature controlled? Can I feel temperature? I think that you can. Um, it definitely feels cool, but not like unreasonably cool. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like slightly cool room temperature. Okay. I, I think um, I'm going to float back yeah, up okay. and, and let's, no, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, as you're sort of like looking around here, up above, uh, Cloud and Thorn roll speed checks for me, I think. Oh, um, I would say, you're, Thorn, you're going to have advantage um, from one of your skills. And yeah, I think that's what we're going to say. Is it anything acrobatic related? No, not this. Okay. That is an 86. Let me check if that fails. <laughs> it probably does. Yeah, that fails. Uh, what about you, Thorn? Oh, I succeeded on both. I got both my rolls were in the 30s and my speed is 54. Okay. So, Cloud, you don't notice this, but Thorn, you. Notice once again, like sort of just beyond the edge of the light, you can still see a sort of like a darker than average shadow um, as a person, like you can see sort of a form seems to have something in their hand out and is slinking along, almost like trying to get up to the walkway. Like it's kind of like trying to hug the wall. This is not one of the farmerling people. It doesn't seem to be anyway, who was just in here. They they all sort of like went and walked and started to clear out. You there trying to slink. Stop slinking. And turns and in hand enters the light and you see a revolver and an arm and these sort of like gold, golden but worn brace like almost like brace not quite a full bracer but like a large bracelets that you definitely recognized on the on bud the cloudling hiding as farmerling that was out in the thing you sort of see his arm come in with this revolver and it's just like look all i'm here for is just one seed doesn't have to go this way it's already dark it's already everything else is already going sideways just let me slink out of here with one I pop and take a stress. Uh, well, both of you, Cloud and 
Thorn take a stress for having a well having a gun brandished at you. Um, I would say you don't know yet, Sven, that he's mm-hmm. here. In a mm-hmm. moment, we will say you, you pop back up. Very fair. Is Cloud near me? I assume so. Um, I think as soon as the pistol went out, uh, Cloud is behind you. Yeah, I was going to say, I would be standing, like, I would make sure that Cloud is behind me. Um, I fucking knew it. Who are you? Look, came from Delta City. I had just heard rumors about this place. It's just one, just trying to get one seat and head home. Don't want to have to use this. I don't want to have to be here any longer than I need to be. It's a big deal for me. I love them right there. Take one and go. He like sort of goes over, keeping the the gun out, grabs these. Starts like pulling one up while keeping you, you both of you like in, in vision, checking the net label. Dropping it. Then Cloud to whispers, go uh, what's the harm in letting have a seed? It's obviously more than just a seed. Why do you want this seed? What is it to you? I mean, there's a lot of old stuff in here, a lot of rare stuff, right? I just need one seed. Do I just know, I know Delta melon. City is a, a Delta City is a yeah. sky seed, right? It's a cloud city, yeah. But yeah. I just need one seed just so some, you know, Lord can grow pickle melons in his manor's greenhouse, okay? Trust me, one little melon's not going to make or break for your lot down here. Listen here. Picks you. it up, picks it up. Cloudlink, fuck! I need it! It's like, it's not... And sort of like starts to look through this and it's all like that has like the last one that he hasn't looked at yet. And it's just like, I know that it's you seem like the kind of person who wants to think that everything's nice and easy up there, but it isn't. I wouldn't be down here if I had other options. I just need this one payday. And looks and kind of like you see like a grin on his face at this last packet. Please. You know, just as well as us at one seed ain't one fucking seed. As soon as they know their seats down here, they're coming for fucking all of them, aren't they? What they do with it's not my part to play in this, man. And he seems to be smiling, holding this one, sort of puts it in under his robe. Listen, I spend now seed. enough time has happened. You would probably pop back up if you wanted. I um. I think I do, but I feel like I feel like Sven sees enough that if he really sees in trouble, like he's not popping up full speed, you know. And I'm taking okay. a cautious float and looking. Okay, so you just like out of sight of out in the dark there. You, we just see you creep up and you're kind of looking. Yeah. So sorry, back to you, Thorn. No, listen. You put that seed down, or I'm planting something in you. This is really worth. Taking a bullet over. It is. 
the folk up there, they've, yeah. they've got their hands full already. I don't know if you've, you've heard there's still lordlings coming down here. Not after that shit up north. Are we post 29th expedition or are we in the midst of literally them doing exactly that? Uh, we're, I mean, generally across the area, like the Lord Link, like there, there is a war essentially going on between the surface and the clouds. Now it's like patchy and happening in fits and spurts. It's the kind of thing like, oh, we heard that village got like raided. We heard that they're here. We heard that they're there. That kind of thing. That's been ongoing for like the season or like most of the season. Um, you know, but it's a very like, like little bits, fits and starts kind of targeted um, thing here. But I mean, that would probably, if anything, that would probably raise your suspicion thorns, particularly in this, in yeah. this oh, angle, yeah. right? They're, they're they already, are. they're already out searching supposedly off this theory, right? That the farmerlings kidnapped the empress, but in no farmerling is like, why would we even do that? What would we even do? How would yeah. we even get up there? You know, that kind of thing. So it's that very, like, that's their rationale. Doesn't seem mo no farmerling buys it. You know what's going not that, on. Not there. to say you it's not why. true. But. Yeah. They're looking for that Empress, whoever the hell she is, and wonder why ever the hell she's important. They're so coming down for that, they're coming down for seeds. I'll tell you what, they take everything. This ain't the first time they've been a war. It ain't the last time there's gonna be one. If we have it, they want it, they'll try to take it. And I ain't letting this soft fingered little fuck take a seed. If you take one step, I'm putting you down. And I, I say that to Bud. He, you could tell that this is like intense panic kind of thing. You know, it's like it's like he's like on the edge uh, one way or the other there. What were you going to say, Sven? I was like, you, you can do one thing if you want. I want to float up just direct, directly behind uh, the soft hands. Bud, uh, you float up behind he doesn't really you know, notice you can hear this you hear him like this heavy breathing him of being like this is the the clock you know this is the moment and he doesn't know how to handle it or if there's a way out um but i lean in real close to his ear and i go boo he oh yeah okay he turns it like like frighteningly like just like turns straight around and just fires straight through you so it's just big ringing out across the room of this revolver and then like basically his arm goes if you're right behind him right yeah. it's like his arm goes into you and he's just seeing his arm go into you and fires <laughs> through you and then just sort of turns to run and is putting the gun back out towards uh thorn and cloud what do the two of you do thorn and cloud Oh, I think I do a resounding a drop. Okay. You drop. What about you, Thorne? If if so, to pull that back by a fraction of a second, if I see Sven, I see Sven pop up. He says boo. He turns. He fires. You so saw Sven in advance, so you yeah. knew he might mess with So him. he's distracted. Mm -hmm. In that moment, can I quick draw my military rifle? I have dueling skill and a high speed, I want to whip it off my back and have it aimed. So if he turns around with that right revolver aimed again, I want to fire. The second I see it aimed towards us again. Yeah. 
I, I I don't think that you need to roll for that. I think you that falls within your skill set, especially being in a few minutes of this high tense situation that you would be able to draw your weapon as he turns around. Cause he turns, sees this fires, you kind of grab your rifle and bring it up and he turns back to you. And he is like full panic mode after seeing this. He like, he was about to do something and that just completely set everything off. So he just, he turns back around and starts to be, he's making towards the door, the, the service tunnel, but he definitely swings with that gun back out in your direction. Yeah. I want to shoot him. Uh, okay, so um, something in Cloud Empress is basically, unless it's a particularly difficult shot, um, which in this case you were lined up on him, it isn't. Um, thing that makes firearms particularly scary on both ends is most shots automatically hit. Um, it would have to be like a, a shot out of your range. It would need to be a um, you know a particularly difficult shot for some reason. Can I purposely aim to hit him in the arm that has the gun? That I would make you roll for, but you could. Okay. okay. Can I use my dueling? I feel like this is literally what that is for. Um, Definitely. And obviously, it's it's a speed for range, right? Yes. Okay. So my speed is fifty four. So I'm trying to. You're really trying to keep this kid alive, huh? Fifty four advantage. Yep. It's a kid. If it wasn't a kid, I would. I would shoot the shit out of them. I rolled a 44 and an 81. All right. Well, the 44 is a crit. So you do exactly what you aim to do, right? Cause that's a success. Cause it's under your 54 <laughs> doubles as a crit. And it's, yeah. It's a crit. So, so what does that look like? You know, you wanted to disarm him. Is that you shoot him in the hand? Is that you shoot, is that you shoot the gun out of his hand and you don't even so, harm him? Because it's that's a like, crit. You know, I was just going to try to get like center mass. Like I was, like uh, that was yeah. difficult enough, but if I crit, I want to do the straight up fucking old Western shoot the gun out of the hand bullshit. Like don't even like, he just says that like, ah, that hurt after, but he's not even like really injured. But the, I just want to just the gun, just, you know, blast it out of his hand. Yeah. So, um, before that thorn, take a stress. Cause you drew your weapon. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Nobody else has like taken a wound, anything like that. I'm just making sure. I'm covering my stress and panic. You would mm -hmm. think for someone who's made a lot of mothership stuff and run a lot of it, I would be better. But for some reason, I always I forget to call for stress. So I'm going to make sure to add stress and and panic in. Um, but yes, so you do exactly that. He turns basically and is kind of sort of aiming in your direction as going to flee. And you just, the shot rings out once again. It's like deafeningly loud, especially for you, Cloud, being so close to it, being in this enclosed space, sort of like that, like dizzyingly loud. And the the revolver just goes flying out and smacks against the back, the sidewall of the vault on the ground. Um, he just kind of like looks at his hand in shock for a moment and then just keeps running for the for the service entrance door. Yeah, I, I guess I'll try to I'll run him down. Really? Why? Sure, go ahead. Just let him just fuck this kid. He's got the seed. I'm letting him get out of here with the seed. Oh, I we didn't realize he got it. I don't think I don't. Yeah, I don't think you know that. Mm. Yeah, you came yeah. up after that had happened. But yeah, he has a seed on him. Yeah, and I'm again. I'm fast. I'm fast boy. Um, yeah, I want to just chase him down, and I want to just straight up fucking form tackle him. Like, yeah, you know? go ahead and write. Go ahead and roll a speech check for me. Oh, all right. Do do I get anything with that? 
you've got not for dueling. You're typically not, you know, tackling. I think, and and especially since you're a firearms dueler type, uh, I'll give it to you for. We'll say either dueling or street savvy gives it to you. Oh, okay. Well, I, so you're I used to 50... you're used to bar bar brawling. Probably be a street savvy if nothing else. So I rolled a fifty three. Okay. Um, and my status fifty four. My status of fifty four. I just dropped it in in the thing just to just to show it. But if I have advantage, no fucking shot. This is what I, I just rolled, and I'm throwing it in just to make <laughs> sure. These were the two rolls that I just rolled. A 53, a 53 and a 54. And a 54 okay, yes, yeah, and Ty's fail, so in that case, you just barely skirt by. But it is that he he is, like, smaller and, yeah, definitely, like, a bit younger than you. He almost, he makes it, like, right there to the door. Um, but you catch him just in time, and you basically just smash him into that door, um, like the open door of the service tunnel, and then are able to hold him down there. Um I mean, he takes, you know, a small amount of, of harm just from getting smashed against the door kind of a thing. Um, and just down at her and he kind of like looks and like reaches down and he does still have a saber on him, but like the way you have him wedged, he can't get to it. Um, and after a moment of holding him there, unless there's some other way you like immediately react, he just like, like he almost does like a, you know, like a, like a cry scream like uh just that like completely at the end of his rope like he has no he, he like that sort of frustrated like i can't do anything to get out of this and then just kind of like sits there like defeated yeah once he gets to that point i want to reach into his clothes or whatever pull out the pickle melon seed throw it back towards cloud um yeah <laughs> And yeah, you would know I'm that gonna... the pickle, you would know that pickle melon is like a sort of like renowned and exceedingly rare. I would say far, farmlings probably think that it's like entirely gone. Um, and then it's it's probably one of those things that's rumored to still be in some lordly, lordly gardens and greenhouses in the cloud cities kind of a thing. But this would be like, yeah, like a very, you know, like imagine a world where like, pineapple was extinct and you were like i can grow you a pineapple it's like well there's yeah. nothing quite like a pineapple so that kind of thing um yeah I'm and that's just the thing, yeah, he's just kind of sitting there like kind of weeping defeated just being like you know just sort of like almost like lost in thought to himself not like mumbling out loud or anything yeah I'm just going to grab by the face like this thing and turn towards me and get real close and just say, you're lucky there was a young lady in here with us and I didn't want to kill in front of her. It's like tries to like pull out and just stares off, like sort of off to the side. Um, you definitely hear after the gunshots, you can hear like, you know, people coming down the hall. Um, down that service tunnel, probably from like the, the place where you entered from, but you can definitely hear like people are coming to respond to it. I'll just, I'll just sit on them until, until they get here so they can handle them. Uh, anything cloud or Sven want to do? 
Um, at this point, no, but I guess I'll kind of let it out into the air. Um, did he come through the the tunnel there? Do you see him? How did how did he get in here? I didn't see him, but my assumption is that one he saw the scribe or whatever exit he probably snuck in because it's still dark and just came down the service tunnel and snuck up behind us slinking slinking like you know yeah hey but hey bud uh, how'd you get in here came down the service tunnel all, right, all those people rick's crew they were milling out they didn't mind i was coming in shift change or whatever and kind of is like just frustrated. Um, I will say a thing you would probably think to do Thorn is like, uh, especially with sort of Thorns like bent on this like farmerling versus cloudling. You know, Thorn has shown to have this very like, you know, like the lines are black and white in 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 uh, Thorn's mind. Yeah, we're I think in the middle of the war. Yeah, you, you would know that. You would know that. Like cloudlings and lordlings, uh, well, mostly just lordlings, but you know that they typically, if they are a lordling of any stature, they have a crest on them. I think you would probably like almost pat them down. You probably like would have taken his saber and tossed it across the room. Um, you also notice that he, um, while he does have a number of this sort of like, like the, you know, the, the gold filigree bracers and these things that seem lordlingish, like even nicer than a typical cloudling, he doesn't have a crest on him. Um, which is to say your main thought is that if he is a lordling, he's probably like the lesser or least of children among a sizable family. Um, the kind of lordling where almost being royalty is meaningless. Not, I wouldn't say yeah. a burden, but a lord of um, nothing. it doesn't help him. He's ignored. He's a, he's a backup plan of a backup plan of a backup plan. Um, <laughs> You're the seven, uh, seven, yeah, seven, so, son, huh? It sucks to be you. Um, but but yeah, after a moment, um, several of Rick's crew members from from out there um, come in and, and see this, and you know, kind of like see you on top, and you're sort of you know they know that you're affiliated with, and they still come in and like look with with guns up and like a saber out and that kind of thing, um, and sort of like also hold him down and try to get a sense of what happened from from you. Uh I mean, I tell him, I tell him exactly what happened and why, and and keep a better eye on this for definitely some lordling trying to come down here and take what's ours. You know, if they find out about this and know that it's real, they're going to come for more. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll keep a hold of them. We'll take them out to see to see Rake, and they get kind of two two guys pick him up. Yeah. They do the same to sort of like pat down to make sure there's any other weapons that you did, and they like lead him out. I um, grab him right the before tunnel. they take him down the service tunnel. I like, grab him by and like turn him back and do the whole like, you can be better than this. You don't have to go back up there. You, there's he kinda, something he, down here for you if there's nothing up there. He kind of like makes like a split second of eye contact with you before just doing the like eyes down, defeated kind of look again. And you feel like you may have made a small impact on him. Like talk no juice did something with him. Is a nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very dad core of you, you know? Yeah. Uh, they start heading down the service tunnel. Now, Sven, you feel this whole time, especially coming up out of the floor behind him where he was kind of up on this raised platform halfway to that, that case, you were like overwhelmed, almost like, you know, it's like a, like a moth to the flame, right? It's like mm-hmm. a, it almost like an instinctive draw to that case up there. Like, I've been staring at it while they, this all, they were all doing their thing. I've been. Yeah. I was where I'm going to say, actually make a, make a, I don't mind check, make a, make a body save just to see if you can physically, I know you don't have a normal body, but just to see if you can physically keep yourself all ethereally, slipperily keep yourself from going there. I want you to know that I just rolled a one. So I know that doesn't matter okay. in this system, but I think we can all just appreciate all appreciate that. It's a good number. Uh so you yeah, you keep you you keep a head on it, but like in your head it's just this pulsing like like when you look up you can just see that like slip stuff sort of streaming down these like tears of this and it's like that is like there is a bridge for you. There is something for you there. Okay. I I, I kind of what's up? I said, what do you do? I kind of want to approach it. Sure. You uh head up and um you just well, I guess you can just float up now. If you're still under your guise being a norm, you know, a non-wanderling, you walk around up here, and what you come up to find is this sealed heavy like metal stone composite has this very like synthetic feel, but you can see what looks pretty much be like almost like a sarcophagus, Mm. like a tomb. Okay. With that same sort of wreath and flower um, pattern, like similar to the wreath and flower that was on the portrait um, out in the lobby. And at the end, sort of the, the close end that you were able to see from the entrance, there is this glass raised display case and in it is that mechanical prosthetic arm, this sort of like deep, like, you know, like red and silver inlaid work. Very nice. This sort of like just slightly longer than natural yeah. fingers Wait, with these like little. This is on the sarcophagus. This is in the, in the case. This is, oh, this is the relic. Okay. okay. Um, to you. And uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a right arm prosthetic relic um it's it is the one in that portrait it is caspian's arm i reach in and grab it yeah you reach through like you just go through the glass and your hand touches and holds this relic and you pull it back and you can just shatter through the glass with it and at that point with the light still being off there would be sort of like a you know, you assume there might be like, oh, there's probably some sort of like lockdown or something like that. Um, but you pull this out and have it and you can put it on. Oh, I'm How without a doubt put, putting this arm on. I mean, he can basically wear it over his arm, his, his ethereal his arm. arm. Just be I'm incompo- incorporeal. And uh, yeah, you you have 
um, Caspian's arm. It's this now with, with your right hand, it's like you can wield, you know, you can control it with this bridge between the slip. It, it is your arm. So I can touch it now with my right arm? Yeah. Yes! You know what would be the best is if you were left-handed. <laughs> if I what? If, if I was left-handed, left I would. <laughs> you, could roll a, you, you could roll a d10, and if you get a 30, a, a 1, 2, or a 3, you're left-handed. Okay. Uh, oh, shit. You don't have to I rolled a 7. Do it. Okay, um, you're right-handed. Um, um, that would just be funny, because then it would be like your handwriting just looks really bad. It's <laughs> but, all the time. Um, but yes, uh, I would say there's other... Th- things possibly with the arm here uh but well yeah i think that you get a sense you definitely know from your connection to the slope as a wanderling this has it has like life energy to it like it has like it is a it is a thing of growth of um mm. prosperity sort of is the, the feel you get from it um but yeah the two of you down below just see Sven up here, this having floated up just now with this arm still in the dark, only lit, you know, only reflecting off of this from the light in the lantern. Can I? Hey, look, y'all look like I got myself arm. <laughs> Can I go over to Cloud and kind of like put, like, not even, like Sven is doing Sven stuff. Can I go over to Cloud and like put a hand on her shoulder and just say are you alright um no bullet holes I'll call it good alright you know why I had to do that right oh I know well enough just glad I didn't kill him Mm, fancy shooting back there. I'll uh, take a little bit for the ringing to get out of my ears, but I'll give it to you. And she reaches up and does the pat. Yeah. And after uh, a moment or two, um, after that, there's this like, and the lights come back on in here and you hear some cheering from down the service tunnel, sort of echoing down. Yay. As the lights come back on in here, everything is still lowered down. The blast door is still down, but the lights have come back on. So it's like, it's lit, but still that like, like pulsing red. Gotcha. Like progress, but you know, not there not yet. Like, yeah. So we still didn't find the thing that they're a pot of me, right? No. It wasn't like a magical arm that like floated back into its display case. You don't think so. All right. I would say out of character, you know, we're at the, I don't know how you all are feeling. If we want to keep going for like another half hour, if we want to wrap here, like what, what you all think to me. I was like, we're, we're at a good ending. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think this is. If good... you're okay with some, you know, un unresolved threads, but that can be a good uh, that can yeah. be a good tease for the viewers to go and pick up this adventure and see what <laughs> Boom. this pot throwing is all about. Okay, yeah. Well, I then think that's good. In that I think case, that feels like a good. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'll I'll, I'll narrate us out here, but 
um, yeah, you know, after, after several more moments, Finn comes down with this arm. Some of the other, like some of the other of like Rake's crew are like, Whoa, like, what is that? Like looking at this, this arm. And the thing that you, um, notice Finn, as you, as you sort of walk down, you feel like a draw, like a, you know, it's like you felt this all, every now and then as a wanderling, it's similar to the draw that you felt to the relic, but it's also like a It's like, it's more like you can sense when there's a connection, like when there's a thread, like mm-hmm. if something feels like a, like an acquaintance, like an, or like an old friend, maybe you haven't seen for years. It's like that when you pass those pouches of, of seeds mm. and you put your arm over it to grab one. And as you pick it up, it already starts to sprout and grow up out of the package. And with your arm, you can accelerate plants, life cycles, flowers bloom in seconds, trees sprout and die in about a day of your attention to them. So we see one of those and, and, you know, you see like this big plump, like pink striped pickle melon go grow and break off and kind of like knocks down onto the ground near you. Hey, listen, just now some veneers and I'm going to appear as the Messiah of these people, you know, whole new, whole new. (laughs) Can I grab that pickle melon on the the way? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah, you you scoop up that pickle melon thinking it might make for a good uh, little bit of dessert after tonight's meal. And yeah, I mean, I think after, after, you know, get a little montage of they're able to lift the the lockdown at a point, they go, there's still sort of this strange, you know, sense like you know someone else says like yeah this thing happened to me over there like they they're like we got to get into that other room that last room is blockaded and we get little smatterings of them talking about this but the three of you at least feel good that it's it's in good hands with rake especially now that rake seems to be going into like okay there this might be under threat this might not just be other well-to-do people out we need to maybe actually like raise our standards a little bit in terms of security Mm. on this if we want to be the ones to keep it safe um, and you feel good about that. And you kind of like walk, you know, go out and out to the front where, uh, you know, every, all the farmer links want to hear from you and stuff. And <clears throat> you go out to basically set up camp probably and rest later this evening, um, in the area. And I think the last shot that we just kind of get is of that portrait, uh, in the, oh, my alarm's going off that portrait, uh, there. And then sort of, you know, I'm going to just, this is cinematic gaming right now. The camera pans down uh, below that, and we see the dirt on the floor just tremor and a little crack in the cement as something seems to shift deep below the bolt. And that is where we went. With a cliffhanger, a tease, a horror movie style tease. Nice. But yes, that is one version of. Samantha Lee's the seed vault. Um, and I think that was really fun. Yeah. What did you all think? How'd you feel? Great. You talk about it. It was a bolt. There was some seeds. Seat. Mission accomplished. Ah. A lot of fun. Good weird times, you know. Good reveal. Ghost boy. Hey, listen, you know, I I appreciate uh, the fact that Josh tried to hold my hand several times, so I had moments to pull away. <laughs> yes, I think um, I'll say to people watching, the thing that is actually that I love, which this is something that is similar to 
mothership things as well is this adventure this is an eight page adventure um and one of those pages is a full really awesome piece of art um so to give you an idea it's like this this is the adventure right um but the thing that i really like about the structure here is there's three or four sort of spinning plates and things that could come into play we got to see one of them uh but you know well you got to see hints of the other right there was something something or someone who seemed to be throwing things acting almost like a haunting whether that was a real haunting or not we don't know um also this sort of threat from deeper below there was a number of ways that interacting with that control room could have gone some of them much worse than the power going out and the light going off um and yeah so that's what that's that would be my my sales pitch for adventures of this style is it's a situation with all these various ways to go. And, and I think, I always think that's fun because I bet you I could run this exact same thing with a different group and that would not happen. What just happened. So, but that's just RPGs, baby. Hey, that's just me talking about RPGs. Oh yeah. <laughs> we got Samantha Lee in the chat saying that was such a delight to watch. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great adventure. I really enjoyed it a lot. I, I really love cool. the more, I hate, I fucking hate the term OSR, but like, the let's call it nature may ish where it's more like here's a location here are things uh here is flavor but not necessarily direction on what is supposed to happen or i mean i haven't read the adventure we got to play it maybe there is in there but like i like adventure locations and this feels like an adventure location where we can kind of dictate how we play versus being told how to play and that was really fun to be able to just be like let's fuck around and find out you know yeah um yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if Samantha is watching, um, yes, thank you for watching. Thank you for writing the adventure. Yeah, um, absolutely. I hope I did it justice. There may have been a detail or two I, I missed, but yeah, that's the kind of GM I am. It's like, if I'm close enough in my head, I'll just roll with it. But um, in the to not slow the pace. But yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, for people who maybe who haven't played a lot of games like Cloud Empress and its ilk, that is the thing is it definitely puts more weight in that way on the players. It is player driven. Uh, like I, I don't dictate the, I'm not dictating the reason you're there and I'm not going to tell you why you're there. I could, if you guys were all like, I have no idea. <laughs> Will you give us a reason? But it really is that. Um, and that's the thing that's so fun though, is it, it means that as the GM, and I mean, you all know this, um, this is me preaching to the, the choir here, but as the GM, the thing that's really fun is that I get to play also. Um, like I, I, I saw how it happened the same time you all did, which is really fun. Um, I did not know if that any of those elements were going to happen. Like Bud was only going to probably get into the vault and be a threat once the power was, once the service tunnel was accessed and the power was out, um, you know, those kind of things. So I, I think it's really, it makes for the whole table having a really unique experience. But like I said, this is just me ex talking no, about good, RPG yeah. things we know. Yeah. Super well, thanks for running the, uh, the game. That was great. Honestly, it was a yeah. blast. Yeah. And you're talking about being a player. Right? Yes. I hope you liked playing. I know I kept being like, I got to try to, uh, I got to work cloud in. I got to cloud more stuff. I'm used to hearing Josh talk <laughs> a lot more than this. <laughs> That's just because you're normally GMing. Yeah. But that worked out well. So uh, you'll definitely hear more of Cloud, Cloud Empress again. Um, the episode that I should have put out today will probably be out tomorrow. 
um, which means you'll get a double Cloud Empress drop tomorrow because I'll put this out as well. And that'll be episode uh, like our fourth Cloud Empress episode, I think. And then, uh, as we said, uh, Watt already announced the Life and Death expansion coming in April. Um, and we'll definitely have Watt back on the show to talk about that, to at least talk about it, if not also run it. So expect a whole playlist of Cloud Empress. It's a fun game. Watt is a, a great person uh, who has done some great stuff with this. And I just hope it continues to evolve in advance and and um and keeps the same level as that now because it, it's it's really fantastic um for uh for us we're going to be super busy for christian uh you got some stuff going on right now what do you got going on uh yeah just this week i launched the early access itch fund is what i'm calling it um early access because it is a basic layout and sort of little art but good art what is their version of my first like standalone proper system called tacticians of om that is taking traditional grids and mini style combat, but saying, can we make that fast and really snappy and really while keeping all of the dramatic fun aspects It's sort of inspired by like final fantasy tactics and into the breach. And the setting of that is you're playing as video game characters in a dying video game world. So it's a bit rotting, glitching and corrupting world. And you are part of a force that is brought together within the world to go out and fight back against that. Um, and yeah, that's, you'll definitely see if you follow me anywhere or anything, that's, that's the thing I've been putting up, but, um, it's been getting a ton of support right so far, which is awesome. And it's over the next year or so, I'm going to be growing it out. If people check it out on itch, they'll get, they get the rule book now. Um, and then as I add, I'm going to add more to it every month until probably about September, if I'm able to stay on track. And by the end of that, they will have a full complete rule book with layout and art. They will also have a campaign book to take you about to levels four out of a 10 level max, and then also a setting book. Um, definitely inspired to and similar to something like the Land of Cicadas book from Cloud Empress, like a big sort of sort of a hex crawl, sort of a lore book, sort of a extra stuff book, more classes, more items, that kind of thing. Um, but that's the big thing I got going on. And then, you know, I'm, I'm doing a little bit more um, development work on the life and death for Cloud Empress which, you know, I won't give anything away, but the bits I've seen from Watt have been very wonderful and weird and uh, great, like the, like the other components. So I've been very, it's been very privileged to work on that. Um, yeah, but Tacticians of Alm is my main thing. It's great. I mean, so it already passed its first goal. It's already on to its second goal. I see that there's exactly 100 contributors, which is oh. a really cool, nice round number to see. I was, I was waiting for that before we started to play. So that's, I just got to keep running games. Yes. Awesome. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's done surprisingly well I, with itch funding. Um, I actually just wrote something for my newsletter about that. I, you know, it's, it's, it's always a gamble. I think like it's, it's not like Kickstarter and some of the other things that are very big audience and sort of well-researched and that kind of thing where you can have a little bit more of an idea. Um, so I didn't know what to expect, especially being a, mostly in a mothership, like a, mostly a mothership adventure writer. I didn't know if anyone would follow me down that path. So it's been really awesome to see people follow me down that path of making a weird video gamey board game inspired take on D and D. But yeah, it's, it's my fantasy art breaker. It's, well, I mean, I was on a while ago earlier this week with you all talking about it, but it's, it's me saying playing a long five B campaign and saying, we liked that grids and minis on a map battle but we didn't like that the battles took four hours when they were all level 10 or level 11 we didn't like that so it's me saying how can we make that as fast and punchy as possible keep as much of the really rewarding decisions while removing all the rest um so it's that it's you know you automatically hit 
you know your moves, you have set damage, all those kind of things um, that really help to speed it up, make it make combat a puzzle as much as um, anything else. That's my pitch. It's a great game. I mean, I got to play it. We get to talk about it. Super excited for it. Um, and then Josh, also our our, G, our side quest gym. Even though we haven't run side quests in forever, but trust me, we will be getting back to it. We have some uh, really exciting games from the Gauntlet and from a lot of other places um, uh, that we're excited to run, uh, and we'll be getting back to that. But from Josh Mansky, Mister Unenthuser, Mister Vaulted Pyramid, what do we got on the docket? Um. Well, this is going to be the year of crowdfunding. Um, man, let's see. The stuff that's been mm-hmm. announced, there is the, the Parthenogenesis of Hungry Hollow for Illuminal Horror that should hit in spring. We have the Illuminal Horror Deluxe Edition that should be doing a Kickstarter. I think we're talking August right now, but that might slip a little bit um, depending on how things go. Uh, Boy, outside of that, some things I can't really talk about the titles for because they haven't been announced, but I have a Mothership adventure that's in editing right now. I'm doing a little bit for a Zine Quest thing that hasn't quite been announced. Um, Boy, another couple of little small things coming here and there. There's the fucking Outer Rim Uprising bundle I'm writing the campaign handbook for. Uh, and then yes, uh, you've been doing a ton of work on that. I for, I forgot we're co-collaborators on how to rim uprising. <laughs> among everything else, yeah, you've been doing a ton of work on that campaign uh, handbook. I have a few little bits I'm going to get in there, but yeah, that that campaign has been awesome. And thanks thanks to you and and several other people. Yeah, building the uh, connective tissue. And uh, the last thing is, I think by the end of the year, I should have uh, a super secret Cloud Empress release. Super secret is in, I haven't announced it, but I am working on it. <laughs> so fake, not real announcement right here for super secret something. <laughs> Just great. Very busy yeah, people here on the podcast uh, with us. Yeah, I've got, I got yeah. a good partnership going on for that one. So uh, I look forward to it, but it's definitely like the, I write during work adventure because I'm uh, far too busy. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I was saying, I, I can't, oh, sorry. I was gonna say, I don't remember if, I don't know if you, if, how much the weekly scroll has talked about liminal horror in the past, but I would say to anyone watching or listening who has not checked out liminal horror and the various adventures, um, especially those that Josh has worked on for it to do so. It's my favorite. I was a long time before I ever went to create things. I was a long time call of Cthulhu, whatever the keeper, that's the word for it, um, for their word for GM. And it's, I would not ever go back to running that in place of running liminal horror. I think it's a great system. And to the, the, full edition the deluxe edition that's coming has a lot of really great changes so um i love it that's just me saying i love them more yeah no oh, it's, yeah. it's absolutely fantastic i mean we we reviewed it on the show we uh josh ran it for us for well not for us hunter couldn't make it it was myself adam vass and um stella Condre. uh super fun um really fantastic adventure was i wrong josh we play. I played Liminal Horror on the show. I did the uh, crossover special with uh, oh, Triangle. Yeah. That's right, with Triangle Agency. That's great. So we've had it twice on the show. It's good times. Yeah, but the, the side um, quest is the adventure that's going to be in the uh, the deluxe edition. So, nice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, busy, awesome people on the podcast with us here. Uh, definitely um, both in awe and feel makes me feel like shit about myself for just still not getting a single thing out there. But you will get about a thousand more episodes of this show this month. So sorry about that. Um, and you're welcome. Um, 
Again, thank you guys for being here. Expect both of them on again. Expect a lot more stuff from them talked about here on the show. Um, and that is side quest episode five, Cloud Empress from Watt um, using the uh, uh, the Seed Vault adventure from Samantha Lee. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, check out the past episodes, and we will see you all sooner than later. Have a wonderful night. Bye.